Special guest, that's right, a mud flood Tartaria expert. They are lying. They are lying to us about our history. And we're going to expose that. We're going to break that down because it's prime time 99, and you know I'm on the grind every freaking night. You know we're on the grind, especially tonight because we're about to tell you about the hidden history that we got going on. And I can't tell you how excited I am. And we got the one and only. That's right. I want to pull him up because I saw him. Andre Zerdes. Wait, I, I, I show you the Hold on, I messed up the thing. What tarnation was that? Dude, I'm messing up the stream. Alright, you know what? Like most things about the Carter history, we'll be viewers, and then we'll hilarious. You tell us about the article. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Now I got you playing through three different things. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me give a better intro. Andreas Exertus, the expert in mud floods and Tartaria. And tonight we're going to really break it down. Oh, unmute yourself. You got to unmute yourself. Sorry, but now I oh, give I, you the proper every intro. Once in a, every once in a while, you know, I like to stay quiet. You, you're a fun guy. I can't believe how much energy. This is like, I'm already pumped. Thank you for setting this up. I'm, we're going to wrestle right now in the mud flood. That's what I'm talking about, dude. That, I'm literally like that vibe. See, already, Andreas, you know what it's all about. Like, what I'm trying to do on the Conspiracy Castle is they are lying to us about so many seriously fucked up stuff. You know, like, literally, like, our life. And, and, and like, one thing we can't talk about is, like, anything medical stuff, medical misinformation. That's one thing on the show I get, I've gotten multiple strikes for. But we know what the fuck's going on. I know you know you're woke to that. But what yeah, I'm saying is... you gotta be is, careful and get yourself on Odyssey. You're using libraries Odyssey, right? I am it, using... We're, we're, on, yeah. we're streaming on Odyssey right now as well. Good, so good, good. Yeah. 
you know, we are on Odyssey. But I still don't have that much. I mean, I have an audience. There's probably maybe one or two people watching us. The problem is we've got 34 on YouTube right now. We've been live for four minutes. But what I'm saying is people like the chat. People like the, you know, that's the problem with YouTube. It's like we need to get off it because it's so censored. It's all but coming, man. Like, so I'm so super stoked on Odyssey because, like, I was, like, the first one that they let to do, like, the live premiere. And I've been helping them, like, you know, telling them how we need the features to go for Super Chats. So it's about to get so just recklessly epic. Like, so, yeah, free information and projects we're working on in terms of the Fediverse. Like, we're about to have free speech again. But in the meantime, we will respect the rules of the platform of which we have decided to submit. It's an abusive relationship as a YouTube promoted channel. I get it. See, I love you already. You know, dude, we have to, why, but this is my thing with the submission is they don't want us to be on here. So doesn't that mean we should fight to stay on here even more or is that? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I've been doing, man. I, I remember like a couple of years ago when I first started kind of talking to, you know, David Weiss, right? You had him on a while ago. He does the- uh, David Weiss is one of my best buds. No, he's David a, Weiss. He's a, he's a comrade in arms, man. Well, he, yeah. he was one of the guys who turned me on to this idea of the Tartarian odorizers, which we make now, which is like, I started looking into the history of like, the opposites of deodorants and like David Weiss is all on it. What they do is they put crystallized menthol in bags, which are like sniffing salts, you know, in bag and you put them in your shirts and then you can walk across Spain and you don't smell too bad. It's awesome. Wait, you learned that from David Weiss. So you don't realize David Weiss and I are best buds. We have a show on Thursday. We do all about, you know, we break it all down. It's kind of a comedic show. I had him come on, uh, I had him come on my uh, advanced philosophy memes. I don't know if you've seen that, but I, beyond Tartaria, I also have this thing where we do a thing on heterodoxy, extreme leftist and extreme right people. But we would also just toot like the most, the hard things that you can't agree on. So we got flat earthers and globe people. And I'm like, you, this is not a debate. This is, a, I want you to understand if you can see and agree with the other person. It's like fight club. I want you to get in a fight with someone and lose. <laughs> but it was like a steel man, you know, it was great. So David's awesome. We love him. Yeah, and I, I like uh, pitting people against one another. Sadly, like I go on debates all the time. It's sad uh, that we like that. I don't know why that well, is so that's fun why, to watch. That's the thing. It's, <laughs> We need to work on uh, sophism, right? So, like, as a people, like we saw in the debates a lot, like a lack of uh, steel manning. We do a lot of straw manning, where you try to like straw man argument. We're pretty familiar. Steel manning is where you like fully have to understand where the other person's coming from entirely before you can uh, commit your side. And so that makes it almost impossible. So we have right now a society where they argue and you're in the middle of watching it and you end up more, you, know, you lose a little bit of both until you're in the center. But I like it better where we like get the most out of the extremes. So you like Pac-Man end up back around again, you know? Okay, but so, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I put myself pretty in the middle politically. Like, I, you know, I like Trump, but Trump's a liar scumbag. I thought he was okay until... I you want know, robots. I, I think we, you know, we're talking about the reset, right? It's like, this yeah. is kind of why we talk about Tartaria because part of the thing is historically we went through a reset, not too unlike it looks like what's we're about to go through again. And we were looking at a, a loss of technology, a loss of medicine, a loss of civilization, a loss of health, and especially of history and of, of knowledge. I mean, if you can cut a generation's information from the next generation, like we've already seen when we lose reruns, what happens when we lose the books, you know? Well, tell me that because how how much of our history it only it's only like one or two generations need to be lied to for the whole history to be like I don't know my great grandparents I don't I mean I know a lot of people do but I don't know my shit I bet a lot of majority of people don't know their family legacy like right. one or two yeah. generations so we have a name for people who remember their family 
is the Elite, the 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 elite, the 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 ites, yeah. the like Israelite and an L for L. Yeah, yeah. The people that think they're God's cheap people, they have a noble the line. Ice. I didn't realize. Wait, I mean, pause. I, you're going on, but the ites, I never realized. That's why they add that in ites. Think about ice. That, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't realize that. I just just learned that. Boom. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing too. So, I mean, I've been doing a lot of interviews. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. So, I'm Andreas Exertus, and you can check out my videos exertus.com. And there's a Exert. link to your. There's a. There's a link. To, oh, I didn't put the link to your website. I'll change it after, but there's a link to your YouTube channel. I know thoughtful, that's thoughtful yeah. based, thoughtful based guy right there. So the thing is, I just want to introduce what I was, was I used to work for CNN. I did social media. I worked for Bert DeBrow, who was the Jerry Springer guy, brought me in to work for HLN, CNN, uh, CNN and all these, you know, Turner uh, properties doing fake news, essentially. And I don't mean it like that. Some of my NDA says that, but doing news, right? Like I did some news and it was Malay the Malaysian uh, flight 370 where I was finally like, okay, this is crazy. Like we can't be not telling people all this stuff and then knowing it, but like, you can't prove certain things. There's legal ramifications. Well, I, I worked for the TV show cheaters for forever here in Dallas. And, and I signed an NDA. So I can only say so much, but you can figure out uh, that show. It's a reality TV show, but go ahead. So you worked at CNN. Can, you got, you got jaded. Aesthetic. You, but I'm well, saying you I got went, jaded. I ran away to South America and I started looking into stuff. But the bottom line of all this is that news is lies, except to the point that what is truth and absolute truth is, uh, you know, the knowable Tao is not the eternal Tao. So, of course, nothing is the truth, but there is a truth behind every lie. So every time you look at a news story, know it's about some something else that actually is true. And you can look back through, uh, you know, and that's what I do now is I take old news stories from 100, 200, 300, 500 years ago, the pseudo-Isidorian decrees of the Jesuits. And and I say, oh, this is fake history. And what was the true history behind it? And we interview people. And actually, you'd be surprised certain families have certain stories. You get enough of those stories together and you can develop a narrative. And so I've been interviewing people in Tatarstan and in Georgia and in Russia, people whose families were kulaks that had been taken through the gulags and what they did to lose their civilizations and then mapping the architecture. And we've been basically able to come up with a much more accurate narrative also corroborated by a lot of other historical researchers through history, like Anatoly Fomenko. The Soviets uh, had, you know, essentially developed the, the new calendar once they realized that the Gregorian calendar had been changed way before we started talking about the phantom time hypothesis or any of that stuff. So, I mean, that's basically what I do is I try to find out what really happened. Wow. And so let's get into it because you just talked about Tatar or Tatarstan or Tatarstan. I can't even say it. Um, but let's break this down. Let's break it. Let's go for this is going to be uh, Tartaria and, and mud flood for dummies. So what should we talk about first? Mud floods or Tartaria? You brought up Tartaria first. Seems like you're more of a Tartaria. Well, you, you, I mean, call me, I you call me you call me a mud flood expert. And that's a little well, I, truth. I, I, so OK, wanna, that's a little wanna, truth. That's a little no, truth. I want to I, I want to jump on to that. So when I was in South America, what happened in Peru is I was working in water filters in the Amazon for the president and then you know, Peru. And there's a lot of other stuff that went on there. But basically, we heard about this thing called Huaycos. And a huayco is a, a word for the for the mud flood in South America, especially in areas where they've done a lot of colonization. They've changed the architecture and the land. Um, but even in nature, when there's water, there's sediment erosion and there's mud. And so I started to see all these examples of huge cathedrals that were being blocked off, areas that were being unburied because the mountain would move and it would open up and you'd be like, wow, there's this church. California, we started finding in San Luis Obispo, an underground cathedral that was built at least 600 years ago, supposedly. But I mean, it's supposed to be 1492. So how is this possible? And we start looking back and we're like, wait a second, this is probably a thousand years older than that. Um, but the mud flood is really important to this. It really led to us finding that there were not every building 
in the world. Like, you know, at some point this became popular to say, you know, that old brick building that's been there for a thousand years. Well, not every single one, but you go look around and you're going to start finding that there were more than teepees in America. The Russians colonized California and that all across Europe, there were all of these brick buildings that existed that had been uh, hidden by sediment. And that led us to start looking for what we were wondering would be like, is it a Tartarian state or is it a Tartarian empire? What is Atlantis? What are all these free trade uh, agreements? And you have a bunch of people looking at it. I mean, the, the Moorish movement, right? So people that believe that America was pre-colonized by Africans and that the, the Moorish empire existed in South America and in the Caribbean. Wait, and what? So, so, so I didn't realize that. That kind of actually makes sense to me. There was actually an idea that black people were here from the Caribbean before we were, like, were before yeah, the Indians. Yeah, yeah, totally. You look at the uh, Algonquin Indians and there's a different kinds of Indians that have different kinds of DNA. There are Celtic Welsh Indians as well. The thing about it is an Indo-Africa theory. And this idea like 1619 project might be maybe closer to than people realize is boatsmen. People existed that weren't just traveling, migrating on land. They were interacting with each other back and forth. And that led to this sort of endless summer triangular trade network. And right. And that's yeah. what is well, that. Well, that's what they say. They say in the slave auction, not as many slaves came over as they say. What do you think about that? I mean, again, also with like the words we use, right? So slave from Slav, I'm Croatian. Slavs uh, yeah. were enslaved in the Britons as, as well. Moorish law is where we get the word for slaving. So even regardless of numbers, just in terms of quality, uh, that is what this originally meant. But there were a lot of different kinds of rules back then, right? So a slave was someone that you had to take care of when they retired. You didn't own their children. Um, you had to take help them take care of It was of like an children. indentured employee. It was yeah. actually somebody you took care of. You know, I mean, we're trying to whitewash it a little bit, but that's probably well, what, but, and again, what it was. I mean, again, the, again, with these words, because they were white slaves, they were white indentured servants. There were a lot. I mean, Slavs were white originally. And so this idea, we didn't want to call it slavery ever. It was called the peculiar institution for a reason, because it's a lot more about human trafficking and about culturally uh, separating people because at a certain point we're starting to create a quality of industrialized worker that's existing and but you look back and you say okay what was the confederacy and you know, tecumseh the native american confederacy of uh, native aboriginal tribes the native, there was all kinds of indians that were part of a confederacy this is what the articles of confederation were based on to write in 1776 so our constitution is not really based on socialized pedophilia by the Greeks. It's really based on uh, Confederate tribarchy that was developed by the, you know, the, the natives and the natives were Scythian and Tartarians. And that's where we started to find out that, okay, there was a trade empire. What is this ethnicity? Well, when you look when at we're that, saying this, what, what year, I know that's kind of hard, but what a year are you thinking? Because our history of years is so fucked up. What right. You, okay. I mean, so maybe we should I mean, go there. Let's go there first. Let's actually go there first so with years it's kind of crazy the first off okay. the russians didn't start using and a lot of eastern europeans didn't start using the gregorian calendar until the 1920s so we had to kind of figure out where these all fit now in the 1700s according to our current history the jesuits were shut down right in, in portugal there was a, a king who was tried they tried to kill and eventually it led to the shutting down of the jesuits all over the world at that point a third of japan uh, was catholic and a lot of people were killed in port you know 90 percent of paraguay was wiped out a country that was basically like uh singapore today or, or argentina it had like 99 percent literacy it had astronomer observatory it was like the best place in the world now it's just uh it's it's just like a third world country in certain ways because the entire population was wiped out so all of this happened and then the jesuits killed the next pope got themselves back into power and changed the the calendar and so we don't know and that's what the phantom time hypothesis is but like how many years were missing there 
but that even that then you have kings and you have this idea of saints right which a lot of the time they say they're just gods of this area they don't just do that they did that to take over places and to assimilate their history so they could change the years so essentially what it comes down to is this anatoly fomenko chronology and that's it holds more water than a lot of people want to admit. It's not perfect in every way, but using machine algorithms and, and actually just in the 70s and 50s, even uh, thousands of people looking at kings and their lineages, they were able to match up different stories in history and find that the last 2000 years of history probably happened in about a thousand years, maybe eight to 1200 years. And the number of events are shifted on top of each other. And so often what happens is they say in the year of our Lord 980, but that J becomes an I and it looks like a one, you know, for the J. And so it looks like 1980, you know? Well, I, I admit, dude, you know, it's like, you know how I know they add fake times because they, 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 add, they date like art and stuff. So it has more value. So they, they make stuff old on purpose to make it more, uh, you know, I guess less, more rare, you know? So we know that they've lied about times. It's like they lie in the car. I'm in the car business. I sell cheap used cars. I'm terrible. I mean, I'm not terrible. I, I'm in the wholesale cars business. You see the suit. But what I'm saying is, uh, I see, you know, car dealers, you know, I don't do this, but they roll back the numbers on cars. You don't know. Like I'm saying, we, We've always been time history. There's so many random people. You wouldn't think car dealers would be ones changing time in history. I'm just saying there's all kinds of but people. But it does because that's <laughs> an example of something that we're going to look at later. And it's going to say something that's that people will base their lives on. And this idea that history is so far that it's rare, that's true. They like the idea of something that's 2,000 years old, way more than 1,000 years old, because it's further from you. It's more uh, concrete than this story that they've made up because you can't change something. And it's just so much more abstract. I mean, Imagine. Well, well, listen, this is a bit, real quick examples. I always used to love the show American Pickers. I love thrift stores and old shit like that and junk. And I'm my dad's a little bit of a hoarder. Maybe I, I don't hoard that much because I'm kind of conscious about it, self-aware about it. But like literally people always outdate shit. And I mean, that's like the number one the scam people have always been doing is saying shit older swords. This sword, is, this samurai sword is so old. Sorry, go ahead. But that's no, I, I just say a thousand, a thousand years old, right? Yeah, they do this every time, and they pounded it last week, and it's really easy to make things look old. And that's also another thing. You're looking at David Feisenberg Jr., a good friend of mine. He's been to more places than me, which is saying something. But actually, he Guinness Book of World Record most places ever visited right now because uh, he he's traveled right, all around the world. Shut the fuck up! Who is this guy? She's my language, and he he won the Guinness World Record for most places traveled. Shut. Who, yeah, yeah. David Feisenberg Jr. Good, good guy he's in britain um and he's he's seen a lot of, and he's written a couple of things uh we've been working on uh different stories about uh tartaria and around the world some of the stuff he says is a little bit more extreme than me because he's going into uh you know the 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 manufacturing by uh the same kinds of groups that built the smithsonian uh the same kind of groups built in his opinion um stonehenge and the pyramids of Giz not the pyramids but certain things around egypt that were constructed and let's do let's do the first screen share let's do a screen share looking them building stonehenge okay yeah. let me try to find that people this is so ridiculous guys you know the the, the stonehenge is such a lie let's go on that one first because here if can, you find secrets in plain sight by scott onstott's uh stonehenge picture it'll really put it in perspective because you can secrets, see all the geo in plain sight in plain sight onstott o-n-s-t-o-double-t onstott and then um uh stonehenge put that there yeah, Stonehenge. And is it photo? Oh, yeah. Should be. Well, one of Stonehenge's ancient secrets. Should I? Okay. Do you see that geometry there? 
Well, let me see. I don't see it. Let me do a screen share. I don't think I'm looking at the right. <laughs> I just typed Onstott Stonehenge and that showed up for me. I could also. Yeah. Am I well, how do I? Oh, shit. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm oh, spelling oh, it oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, get rid of the uh, ND. OS. And then two T's. Onstott. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, go down, go down to that. So you see how things are li lined up, right? Um, here, you know what? Can I? Can I? Share no, but my but but yeah, yeah, we can share your screen. But like, what are the? I want to show the pictures of them actually. Sh uh, you know the pictures of them actually right. building it. Like, hold <laughs> on, let me just show you just real quick. Uh, sure. Uh, sure. People rebuilding, and this is they say rebuilding because that's what they call it. They say they rebuilt it. Was right? Was yeah. Good. They this, they say that things are taken down. Yes. Dude, this is such bullshit. If you think that, if anybody out there, guys, if you think this is, uh, this is when they actually built it. Am I wrong or am I crazy? Am I crazy right now for saying that well, or am I wrong? The thing is, so I like to, I try to keep things kind of, um, I try to keep things neutral about things I can't prove. Okay. So okay. Okay. Can, okay. Sorry. I can definitely, making... no, 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 no. Like, yeah. this, so, so you, you know, I know, I know you talk to like the wildest cats, but like I, yeah. I do keep my things as like neutral in those ways as possible. But here's what I will say. Those pictures are real. They were affecting the area. Uh, whether or not there's a pre-existing structure, I think that's even more interesting. But yeah, I think if you start to look into how many things have been rebuilt and you start to oh, look at the- Oh, wait, so you, you're under the opinion that it's probably really old and that we actually did rebuild it. I didn't think about yeah. that. Okay, I, okay, I think, well that makes sense. That Okay, that makes sense. I, I, I didn't even think about that. I'm, I'm just in my head, dude. I'm so conspiratorial. I think 9-11. I think they're lying about everything. So so I now I make sense in your opinion. I, I kind of said it for you. I didn't mean that. But, oh, so that makes sense. So you do think it was like Nephilim or Giants? How do you think so? What's what's the story that you believe Stonehenge, how it got there? Okay, so in the, in the original times, when you start looking at these giant blocks in certain places, right? So you've got Malta. You've got Peru. Cusco, you've got um, the Easter Island, uh, you have parts of Africa like Baalbek, uh, actually Samaria is a better example, these giant, giant stones that have been, uh, you know, taken apart, and then they've been reassembled in certain times, the Ethiopian obelisk is a good example, and the Roman obelisk supposedly brought from Napoleon, which shows, you know, Egyptian mysticism at the center of the Vatican. It's very clear that there were great works from a previous civilization that have been knocked down. Some of them have been moved around even. And you know, you wonder, can we do that? Well, yeah, we have these crazy boats bigger than the Titanic that are bringing things back and forth. Sometime in the 1800s, it became, I think it's 1860s to 1890s specifically, or the time when they started really manufacturing all of these new cities, um, which were based in these old cities. And a lot of them were already standing or they've been through you know epic disasters 1811 1812 it looks like a lot of the buildings were wiped out and from there uh you know we have normal people that are starting to work on it going back in time though hominids of different kinds existed and we know what? this from gene flow right so there what? were clearly bigfoot so there were clearly neanderthals there were clearly denisovans so nephilim and this idea all these things that we use like words like dragons instead of dinosaurs it doesn't really matter how you want to put it like it wasn't just homo sapiens clearly and if it was then like what about the neanderthal being five percent we clearly see that there were maybe a, a caste system of hominids that were working together probably under something more intelligent than them Wow, a caste system of humanoid hominoids. I never heard that. Wow, Andreas, you're dropping the gravy. That's, think, wow, think that's about, crazy. Think about so uh, you think like 
I bet you humans would use the Neanderthals as slaves or pets, kind of. You don't think? Well, I mean, no, the, Neand the Neanderthals were actually rather intelligent. And so this is, again, oh. the fake history news, like these giants with bigger brains. Oh, yeah, they were probably dumber than us. I mean, it was a kind of racism that was developing in Europe at the time. We now know Denisovans were brilliant, too. And what's funny is smaller things aren't necessarily any dumber. So you look at the Furiensis. Yeah. The Furiensis were actually really smart. They were tiny, hobbit-sized people, but they clearly had large am amounts of emotional uh, scaled parts of their cerebral cortex were increased and they had uh connections back and forth between their brains that we can't measure because they're extinct but we can see it in modern humans that are partially furious and partially denise of it so, so you're telling me that's a real life lord of the rings or was like a dwarf clan of people that were badass and shit excuse me yeah and even and even probably had red hair you know because of the cytomelanin <laughs> that was involved but they were probably more copper colored than uh just like pale um but we're finding that also like you know the the distinction in the um the albinism of certain genes has nothing to do with which, 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 which hominid you're from. So there very likely were, and there are today, we know, homo sapien pure, which only exists in Africa and have no Neanderthal because all white people that we you know, know of today, Caucasianoid people come from Neanderthal or Denisovan. So pure, pure homo sapiens, they still have albinos. So it's, it's not the most important thing. What's weird is you have 13,000 years ago, one blue eyed person, right? And from that, we have enough recessive genes to make people. And so what's crazy is theoretically, if that is the case, we should all have, in 10,000 years have blue eyes by the logic of intermixing, unless we use serious, um, you know, manufactured in interference between human hybridization. Well, yeah, I think I believe the plan is for the new world order. And I know people don't like that word or whatever, but it's for all for us to be all one sex and one gender and one race. I mean, maybe I said sex and genders, but that was repetitive. But just I they mean, want us to, they, they literally want us to be terms. they want us to be they want us to all mix and be one race. But I mean, dude, wow, that is crazy. I think they probably want to turn us into robots, right? You get our bodies out of the way and you have battery packs that we have to keep plugging into every 12 hours. And then we're just like every device they control. Well, it's like the transhumanist agenda. They say, hey, well, you can have a literal vanilla sky. We're in this, in the matrix, we're going to plug you in. We're going to you know, plug into your cerebral cortex, and you're going to think everything is real. Even you're going to date and have sex with supermodels in this world. But really, as soon as they stick that thing in your brain, you die. You die, because there's no coming back, because I'm sure you sign a lifetime. Yeah, most of the supermodels contract. I've had sex with have had serious emotional problems. I, <laughs> wow. I want to play that video game. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm very jealous. Okay, but but so let's get back to this. I guess we for, forgot. Let's go back to Mud Flood. I know, God, we have a lot to talk about. You have so much information, man. It's so awesome to talk to a person as uh, well-spoken as you. But so 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 what is the... When we talk about Tartaria and Tartarstan, Tartarstan, I can't say that. Uh, well, uh, Pull up the uh, Tartarian tablet. Can you pull up Tartarian tablet? That'll be yes. Hold on, Tartarian tablet. So Why I studied. I studied anthropology amongst other things in school. I just didn't want to stop studying stuff, you know. But like, ended up with an engineering degree. But when I was studying anthropology, I had a great teacher who was involved with the translation of the Mayan. Uh, tablets and her kid was born on the uh, on site while they were learn learning about the tablets and so he was able to figure out that there was a crossover of phonemes and hieroglyphics and so that was the first clue i had also this was that they were convinced society did not start uh in a war you know most everyone else did and most people up to this point still believe that civilization comes from war and um isolation and creating a giant tower is a military fortification and that's how it all started but i always grew up thinking like hey they do a lot more of these occult symbols they have these temples to gods and 
uh, you know, they're building more of a grocer merchantilism kind of a future where they can build more to show that they're more impressive to their gods. Well, it's either trade or it's religion or it's military that starts civilization. And the Tartarian tablet appeared. And so this was in Bulgaria <clears throat> and they, they, they realized this was not a Sumerian tablet. This was older than a Sumerian tablet. This is now the oldest tablet that we've ever seen. And these, you know, there's multiples of them. And they talk about astronomy and they talk about land. And on them, they, you can see, you know, this was our first hypothesis was that this was a trade agreement between two farmers because you have goats on one side or some sort of um, ibex uh, creature. And then on the other side, you have uh, farming um, pictures. You know, I think it's it's a, a kind of fruit. I forget. We found the Bulgarians used to, to translate. Very similar, though, there's a sound that's actually recorded there. So there's a hieroglyphic and a phony. And what they used to do and what farmers do today, often if you're a good farmer, is you can go to a field and look at one branch of a tree and how many branches there are, how long it is. And you can tell how many trees there are how many fruits there will be and you can have a futures uh prediction based on one branch of one tree you can have a future prediction on the what right what? Farmer, this is a mendel brought math today but back then this was just farming techniques and you can do the same thing with a goat because you can figure out how many goats it has how well it raises its goats how many goats it came from and then from there you can predict how likely it will be that there'll be this many goats um next year and so they can say i will trade my futures trade for your futures trade from livestock to agriculture. And so there you have it, the first trade agreement that we have on coin. And this is a Bitcoin from Tartaria. And a Bitcoin from Tartaria. You heard it here for first. This is Tartarian Bitcoin. Get your crypto. This is the original crypto. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, basically, and it's pretty sweet because what that means is this isn't about um, you know, a boogeyman. I think Dirth is in the chat. I think David Weiss is in the chat. David, oh, say great. what? Oh, David, uh, what's up? Uh, yeah, I think I think he was in the chat. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, what were you saying? Just saying, you know, like uh, it could have been about war, right? That's what everyone wanted it to be about, and I did. And so I was really happy to find out that, as far as we can tell, that this was a trade civilization instead of a war civilization. What that means, at the end of the day. And yeah, probably, probably is a good word when you're talking about time. I love history lessons. Yeah. Well, what that means is if you're looking at like other ethnic um, military empires, right? Because they'll, they'll breed themselves and they'll take over uh, the genes of an area and they'll become one thing. You have Japan, for, ex for example. <clears throat> Japan became in the Edo period not, I mean, it was, it was tangentially more interesting, but less advanced. Um, and eventually. Uh, hey, but this is my, oh, oh Dirth isn't it? Andres is next level info. Yes, Dirth is loving it. Dirth, yo, Spicy Sarah. He he, he likes you, Dirth. He said what's up, uh, that you uh, you helped him with the deodorant, with the natural deodorant, smelling yeah. good all through your we, The, the uh, Tartarian uh, odorizer bags, you know, like Stellium 7s into. Um, so, but basically, if this was a, a war, so this is a civilization, it would become an ethnic state, it, it wouldn't evolve very, very well. And you look at Iran and you look at Babylon and you look at Rome, even as a concept or America, as it is again today, which is always the best thing is try to find something that exists today and see how that could make sense in the past. Well, you want to have many different kinds of people making trades. And so that will make an empire faster. I mean, you, you almost never end up with a empire if you're just one group you you know the, the mongol the mongolian peace came from uh sharing of all of the uh, resources of different people so 
over and over again in history, it makes more and more sense that Tartaria was a trading empire and not just some uh, warring empire. And then you look, you know, what is our example of that? Phoenicia was the capital, Tar, Tyr, Tar, and, you know, Barcelona, the TH, uh, the Thracians, the Tarasians, Etaruska, the, the Etruscans were the Tars. And so everywhere you go, you start to find this trading empire of people that are near ports. Fuck do you know all this shit? How the fuck do you remember all these those names like that? Are you joking? I mean, I believe everything. No, yeah, you're like Google, I'm just saying, duck, duck, go it, bro. Duck, duck, I go know, it. no, I believe but, you 100. percent But I'm saying, know, how do you have the retention to remember this shit? I can barely remember my phone number, but I'm mentally ill, so well, you probably are smarter than me. But dude, I'm you have some real. I'm Illinois boys, but what we're all about is a uh, memory palacing. So in the old days, before, and so that's probably also part of it. I used to remember girls' numbers or something, but like. In the old days, you had to keep memories in your head and yeah. they would teach people like Cicero had memory palace. And so, you know, you have a building in your mind and you go into it and then there's stuff that's holding them. Maybe I have a book by Cicero and I'll put my hat on it. And then that way I'll be able to know uh, later to go into my memory palace. I'll go look for my hat and by my hat is, you know, Cicero's book, which is, you know, with the great Gatsby and and then I can remember the first page and it says in my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice, which I've been turning over in my mind ever since. And like, you know, like you just start to visualize everything into a thing. And then you have all of those memories there and that's what they don't want you to do, but you can do it. Humans can memorize things. Yeah, I know. I can memorize some stuff, but back in the day, you said memorize directions now with like phones, dude, you don't, nobody remembers anything. They have that on purpose. Like they literally got our totally. brains stuck on stupid. And I kind of wonder if that's not like a, a routine, right? Because in the old days, computers were guys on boats who would do longitudinal, latitudinal studies. They have a book of numbers or they could remember them and they would know how to do degrees to shoot cannonballs, right? And at some point, it all becomes automated. So, you know, this could be, we look at, we think about Atlantis, this is already a hypothetical that we've been talking about since Herodotus, is this idea that civilization was super advanced and nobody knew how to it was foolproof so you had more and more fools developing and then eventually it collapsed for one reason or another either it was destroyed on purpose environmental disaster or jealousy right or it could have just been incompetence because if we don't know how to fix these things when they break yeah we're going to end up right back at the beginning well let's talk about technology how, how did the tartars get they had advanced technology am i correct what what did, what kind what were they cooking with again with the most like uh you know like i i, I almost always try to downplay it, but I'm more, we're getting more and more progressively convinced of all of this, that technasma existed, free energy, the things that Tesla has talked about building, he said he got from Atlantis or from Egypt, um, a dollared, you know. Well, well, well just, I'm saying, when these buildings, it's all resurgence. I, well, well, I mean, are you going to say they didn't have technology? Because, dude, how did they build yeah. all this shit? No, no, they I'm, had I'm, it. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Clearly, clearly. And so this man, no, but you're right. And so this is the thing about history again, manifest destiny is only possible because these people didn't invent the wheel, right? So we can just take their land and their stuff, which they shouldn't have because theoretically they shouldn't be able to have invented. But yeah, you go to a lot of places where there aren't just teepees, there are brick buildings, there are basements, there were diesel, there was uh, diesel, you know, existed before, you know, the diesel uh, engine was invented. What? I love diesel trucks. Wait, diesel yeah, was around diesel's, before? Wow. Yeah, diesel's a French guy who figured out something that comes from uh, Byzantine books that were brought to France through the Renaissance by the porters who were Irishmen that were controlled by the Dutch, who were controlled by the Spanish, who at that point were Arabic because it was the Moorish, you know, uh, caliphate. And so they ended up- in And, the now, and now Mexican, 
And now Mexicans buy them in Dodge Rams uh, trucks with Cummins engines that use diesel. Basically. Wow. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Biodiesel is the thing, but also steam engines. Heroda just talked about steam engines. And then the real cool one's electricity. So electricity is the one where I had to be like, can I? And I've been to a lot of these places and I've seen a lot of these things. So I've been trying to look and find all the evidence of all of these star forts and all of these places. And I got to Cordoba and Cordoba is in Spain. And that's where I realized, yeah, no, like, yeah, they had electricity. And that this has been, you know, going on for a long time. Like, I mean, you look at the Vedic uh, use of electricity, you look at the Arabic uh, works we have that prove that they had uh, alternating current and it was used from water and they had water wheels that were spinning and water mills. And so this, and look at the old records, look at the manuscripts. And they talked about how they had uh, oil free lights like magic. And it was, you know, they referred to it often as magic or as energy, but they're like, no, this is science. This is a science that they have that they're able to produce energy from. And they're able to produce a certain amount of energy that's radiating inside of these glass orbs and they have watchtowers over these cities. So, at very least, we have electricity. And then we also look into the Pantelegram. And the Pantelegram is one of my favorite. When you start looking at the, some of these people's inventions, like they have a Morse code and all these telegrams, that's the stuff that they could figure out how to, um, you know, you think about like Terminator and he drops off his chip and it, they, they all they can fix it in the future is that chip. They can't quite do the whole Terminator yet. So this is what Tartarian technology was lost. Some of it was found. But they couldn't reproduce all. Of yeah. It. So they so they had the the understanding of the pentelegram. Uh, but they couldn't a, reverse engineer it. They they could only do so much. So originally, there's the pentelegram is literally one pen on a pendulum, and it's controlled. The electronic motor is controlled by XYZ coordinates. They're spinning, and so you're sending a, a signal from one to another. And so if it draws a picture here in the Alamo, then it can print with radio, that picture somewhere else. So it was a fax machine from the old West and they had this. Wow. And they, you, you can look them up. They exist, but like, you they can see had the, to dude. because yeah. how did they colonize the West without a phone? I mean, dude, I mean, how did they get, I'm just not a phone, but you know what I mean? A metaphor. Yeah, totally. Phone. I like, mean, like for contracting, I mean, I mean imagine. And, for contracting. And, and, and I want to make this one point, gosh, cause, cause gosh, you have so much information, dude. I believe now thinking about it, when you say that, Dude, as soon as man started making fires, they figured out it had energy. You know what I mean? So we've had fires from for however long. I don't know if they got electricity from that. I'm just saying they figured out fire created steam really fucking fast and probably had to right. figure out. I mean, even dumbass humans probably figured out fire was important and could create energy from that that last. But sorry, I just was thinking. No, it's good. I mean, most most of these myths that we hear uh, from the Greek, you know, Hellenistic myths, they're based on older Thracian myths. And um, this is also why I've been trying to study the Tartarstanis more and like what's going on in the Russian Federation is they've made it look so confusing because there was a time when Islam didn't mean Muslim. It actually was a like blissful, you know, alignment like Hinduism. And yeah. this the existed. In, was, was a well, it's like, symbol, again, yeah. you know, that's like connected to the Ankh, right? It's a propeller. So like, again, like we, you look at the Gamadian, it's a propeller that spins based on energy and photons or I, I mean, in school. That means all your shockers are in full alignment. That means like when you're at full, you know, RPM, right? And I think David, David might also, you know, David Weiss talks about like the flat earth map. And if you look at like a compass, that a, a functional compass is based on the same Gamadian pattern. And I, I often like to use that uh, term because gamma has to do with like the light and the gamma dino uh, is spinning. So attach a, a, a gamadian to a um, an onk and the onk is the electrical, you know, alternating current. Uh, Do they know we have a localized sun? 
Did they know we have like a localized sun? You think these people and and sun and moon and stars? Or, like, do you think they knew our astronomy better than we do now? I think that uh, Emerson, uh, Wolf Raud, well, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson and Washington Irving are to be blamed for a lot of the misinterpretations of of our of our our past. So American novelists, especially Washington Irving, who you know he went to the Alhambra in Spain, and he after he'd written the Christopher Columbus story. So I've been now to like both of his homes and like his castle uh, hotel that he was like after the the castle had collapsed, he was just like putting up a tent inside of this castle, and it collapsed in eighteen eleven. I think right 1811 1812 which is when everything happened because in 1812 the war of 1812 you have Moscow on fire you have Napoleon you have the comets that are 260 that's days. when everything got deleted is in 18 yeah. something right I mean yeah. give me the time do you think well 1811 in August there's all of a sudden the sky lights up and it doesn't stop until June or something of next year so for like most of the next year you have nothing but fire in the sky the Mississippi River's running backwards there's a bunch of people that are what? putting this where yeah. the fuck was the Mississippi River running backwards? I believe you. 1812, check it out. And it's in the newspapers. I mean, granted, it could be a lie, but yeah, like, it could be a lie. But from but what we understand, there are this, well, yeah. So I went and looked for it. And so we found there's plenty of stories of people on boats that this happened to. And they wrote their uh, private journals because there's river gambling that's going on. And so they're keeping records of this. They're saying, look, we don't know if someone's doing this to mess with our gambling. But like, if you start to look into this, you can find things that you can corroborate and things you can't. What we can, what we what we know is that all around the world in 1811, 12, there are wars. Everyone's wearing the same kind of military industrial uniforms. Spain's been taken over by Napoleon. He's put his brother in charge. They've sent their right wing uh, people to Venezuela. Venezuela and Caracas tries to have this huge revolution to become uh, pro-Spain. Like they're going to be the basically the royal family was going to lose Spain and move to Venezuela. You know, it's going to continue on in Venezuela. And this giant earthquake comes down and on a holy saint's day. And kind of like the Nazis. Out. And so from lot, there, the, you know. The, well, a lot of the Nazis in, in uh, Venezuela after World War II, right? And South Yeah, America. I mean, you know, like they went a lot of places in general. Yeah, Syria, so I, you know. Did yeah. they go to Syria? Is that true? Yeah. A lot of them went yeah. into the Middle East. Yeah, but you know, like America is a big place for him, by the way. Did you? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Werner von Braun. I know, but I mean, a lot of them snuck in, of course, but. It's funny that they'd want to go to America. Why not? Why not go? Well, I mean, the whole the whole thing's so convoluted, right? Because like national socialism and international socialism at that time, like the Republicans had Trotskyites that were in charge. The Democrats were essentially Stalinites. You had, you know, with FDR. So you had socialism was a big thing. This idea that you could interact and take over and manipulate culture. But what we had done in Germany and what had happened to Europe in general is also something that no one seems to talk. We destroyed Dresden. We destroyed almost every major city. I was just reading an article today. Uh, I forget what, which city it was. I'm sorry. But in the south of uh, Germany, they pretended to be a Swiss city. And it's the only city that still stands a thousand years old, at least. And it's just full of, you know, in Strasbourg, similarly, like was burned down. We lost so many amazing things. So there goes a big part of history right there. And then this, the Soviet the Sovietizing of Europe was going on. So we need to also consider the, you know, what happened to Tartarstan and all of these other countries, Uzbekistan, the Uyghurs today, what's going on in China is very much not just reminiscent, but the continuation and the fulfillment of the destruction of the Tartar Empire, because they are the same people that were part of the Georgian Tartar uh, trade network. And, you know, this is the thing about China. China had 
a hundred years ago, the Manchurians were in charge. They died of the flu, a hundred million people. The Spanish American flu, we call it the Spanish flu, but it really was an American flu that was carried across by Civil War soldiers. Once that hit America, uh, once the American flu hit Europe and it carried off to China, we lost the entire uh, royal family and all of their people. And now the Han Chinese run China, which is a group that were, by the way, from basically south of Mongolia, not from Russian China, which is Russo China was, uh, you know, Manchurian. So Russo China, I never heard that. Wait, Andres, you're so smart. Russo China, that's so smart. <laughs> Go ahead. I haven't heard that one. I like that. Well, I mean, you know, every place is made up today. You have Italy, you have Germany, you have, I mean, these are not names of countries that existed before, right? No Spain, yeah. Spain, Spain. Even Mumbai. Newer. Well, I'm saying yeah. even in India, they just changed their names in our lifetimes. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody would even know Bombay. I mean, what the fuck? Like, they're literally changing history right before our eyes. Um, well, well imagine, ahead, I would also I'd also say like imagine that like all like America like if everyone if they said we have to destroy America because the former president upset everybody and they hated him so much it was this Trump uh, country so we have to send Americans out everywhere and we have to change its name and they have to pay war debts and stuff that's a big thing that happened it was like so many people for a long time didn't have a Germany right like there was a Prussia and Austro-Hungary and they wanted a Germany and then at the end of all of this struggle that they had uh, it's all blamed for this one guy at the very end of it. So it's, I mean, granted a lot of horrible things, but think about the 1880s. Like there was a lot that happened since then till the 1940s that is, you know, is not being accredited. So 1880s a Treaty of Versailles also is important. And then you look back and you see what happened to England. England had a democracy and a president before they killed their king and they had not a president, they had a Cromwell was a, um, what do you call him? The, the, the a minister, a prime minister. It was worse. It was worse than that. Cromwell, hold on. Divine protectors. Gosh, you have so much information. I mean, you got. Hey, so so, but you were saying the Uligars are. I forget words though. I know. Well, it happens all the time. I mean, but were the Tartars? Lord, Lord, Lord Protectorate. So became the uh, Lord Protector of Britain, and then they were like, yeah, and then they they had to kill everybody, and they had to beg the son of the king to come back from. Amsterdam. They're like, please. Lord Perectorant. That's what I'm going to start calling myself. Lord Perectorant. <laughs> Is that right? That's how I'm going to protect you. Protector. protector. I'll protect you guys in the chat. Remember that. But sorry, what was your, you asked the question. Oh, yeah. sorry. Well, you said, I just said, you said the Uligar was, you know, of their uh, lineage and they're Muslim, right? So do you think the Tartars, did they have a religion? Were they probably Muslim? Were they Christian? Yeah. So Muslim? this is a, this is a funny thing. So you start, so again, I went to Cordoba and I saw Maimonides, you know, and so Maimonides was a Jewish um, rabbi doctor who helped uh, navigate the legal system that the Muslims had built this state. Right. And so, it doesn't make as much sense because these Muslims clearly are very different than what we consider contemporary Muslims. And, you know, the women's rights are written about in the original Quran. And there's a lot of stuff, the Utman Quran and the original Quran is in Tatarstan and the, you know, the oldest Quran's in Russia, right? So like you start finding out really quickly that Islam today and Islam then, same with Christianity. Christianity's changed. So you're telling me Islam was probably started by white Russians, dude? Like the drink I used to drink in college? Um, like redheaded, uh, green eyed, like like Genghis Khan was a redhead with green eyes, you know. And so Dude, that I, I, that's what I'm saying. The person who started uh, Islam probably was like not what it is today. Like well, I'm they, just they, saying, they, you're not supposed sense. to, yeah. And you're not supposed to know about Muhammad, like because he's you know, he's referred to the sweet one, but you can't see his face. They often show. Uh, they, there were illustrations talking about people who wore red turbans because that red turban was to insinuate that the red hair of, you know, and going back. Muhammad, Muhammad had red hair? 
Yeah, yeah, he was definitely like he wasn't. Uh, yeah, you know, he was. He was well, more how was he described? Really, he described I didn't know that. I don't. I'm, I'm almost uncomfortable. I don't want to get in trouble for saying it, but you can look what? it up. And you can Is that bad? Oh, okay, I didn't know this. See, I started talking <laughs> about touchy subjects. I didn't know. I guess there's Muslims in the chat that might not want to. Well, talk yeah, about. I mean, Sorry, the thing I is, they don't about. want they don't want to make it all about the body of the person, and I'm totally fine with that. But it's just important yeah, yeah. to remember that. And I respect our Islamic brothers. We like our Muslim brothers and sisters. We love all religions. And and I'm finding it more and more fascinating of religion when I start to look into like the older aspects of it as a ideology and not just a religion, because it allowed for a harmonization in society with all of these different groups. Um, But yeah, you had mullahs, right? Which would for 20 years, you would go to a university temple and learn how to keep the culture and you'd have a wife and kid and you'd continue to be a, a mullah, like a priest, but like a, a professor and, and a teacher and a community uh, leader. And so they had, you know, and they had these giant temples. And if you look at now in Russia and you see these crazy arabesque, you know, Aladdin-like castles all over their landscape, these icy churches everywhere. Now, it's pretty clear that this was more of a Eurasian, Euro, you know, Russo-Arabic uh, culture that existed at that time. And it's not it's not that it's um, the same as it is today, though, because at that time it was more folklore and paganism and all these other aspects that have been now devised into orthodox old way uh, Christianity. A lot of that stuff was part of Russo-Islam at that time. So these, you know, these things have all changed. But yeah, that they probably would have used those words to describe themselves. Where does Babylon and paganism and all that stuff fit in this? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, right? I think Babylon is an answer for the, the shattering of what was essentially a world uh, order. It sounds like there was a point when things were all together. And it's pretty clear, at least in the Bible, and I'm not saying uh, this is true or false, but the way they explain it is that we had the capacity to reach the heavens. And so they ha- we had to be stopped. The gods or those of them above, and the Anunnaki, according to the Sumerian uh, version as well, we talk about how they had, you know, humans were disconnected from each other. They weren't able to understand each other, which drove them to separate from each other. And you think about how easy that would be to do. And also the practicality, because if you have one monocropped human, which they keep saying that this is the goal, and I'm, con- I'm suspicious. I don't think it's the full goal. I think it's just part of the goal. They want to have 80, 90% of everyone be a monocrop. Sure. Why? What happens with monocrops? Like, let's look at the potato. 3,000 kinds of potatoes in Bolivia. None of them went extinct. One kind of potato has a famine in Ireland. Everybody dies, right? Yeah. So the idea, the idea is you wipe out 90% of the population because they're all the same. And then the 10% that exist, they get to live in these different places uh, and self-isolate to become these new hybridization crops that can be variable. And that way they can be protected against different blights. And this is not, uh, this is farming. This is what this yeah. is. This is inter- this is world order farming and turning, you know, and processing of non-renewable resources, which is like the human, because like pretty soon we're we're going to uh, be replaced. It looks like, as you said, with the transhumanist we, agenda. Well, we already are because we're being run by multinational corporations. So basically, we're just data, so they can make more money and compete within each other, so they can have a higher number on the stock exchange or whatever the fuck. I don't know what their end goal is. They're probably evil and worship the devil. But hey, one thing you said, I actually want to go back to that had the technology. I think it goes back to uh, Genesis chapter eleven, verse nine, is the Tower of Babel and how Nimrod had the ability to build a literal tower to the kingdom of heaven. And this is going to be controversial, but the great boreholes eight miles uh, uh, deep and uh, the deep as we can go in the oceans of Mariana's Trench. So I'd imagine the highest we can go is eight miles. Now, I don't know if you agree with that. You can obviously disagree that whatever you know, that, saying, you know that song eight miles high yeah i'm into it 
Yeah, but I'm saying, so dude, if you don't think we could build a tower eight miles out, we could build a tower today. We don't, humans don't realize. We could go in Nebraska or wherever the fuck where there's some land where we need, we need a lot of wide land, but we could build an eight mile tall building. No oh, doubt. Yeah. And, and like, and, and we gotta, we gotta stop worrying about it being a building. Cause the other thing is you listen to the term space elevator, right? You know, people say UFO, what does that even mean? It's a UAP space elevator is the new tower of Babylon. Cause then they can build it straight up. It could be a graphene cable. We can have a, you know, a, a tether and that tether can, that's, that's what they, why aren't we about. building? Why aren't we building something? Why isn't there a billionaire trying to do that? There I know is, there are there tons. Is? That's, that's the thing. But like, imagine what all the problems are with blasting a hole in the firmament. Right. I mean, that isn't that what the bikini asshole problem was? So, I mean, I mean, or it wasn't not. Every I time know. I drink that formaldehyde uh, aspartame soda, I know your eyes go crazy. I'm a totally addicted to diet soda. I don't drink alcohol. That's my poison. Oh, I know. gosh. Careful. I see. I know. I try, see your eyes. Try some, try I know. Topo Chico, Chico, I see your water. eyes get so big. Everybody in the chat makes fun of me. They call me. I'm going to have Alzheimer's. It's fucked up. I'm addicted to it. I don't pray drink the regular soda. Please pray for me. I'm so fucked up. But uh, uh, I can just see your, your body language just making me laugh. I have to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, I was raised in California by transgendered Wiccans, man. Don't worry. I'm a redwood diaper baby. It's just what it Wait, what? Totally... Let's extrapolate. Transgendered Wiccans. What, were you adopted? Or how the hell is no, that? I went, how, I, I went to public school. So we had the daycare programs, the Satanist run. I'm like from that generation, you know, like here so we are. So you had the parents in California just trying to make it, had to put you in the daycare and the public daycare. They were, they were, they were hardworking people, but my mom yeah. was Catholic and my dad was like, you know, Quakerish, but American, like not really too religious, but like, you know, good guy. But they both probably like, worked, the society. right? Yeah, but they I'm saying they both exactly. Yeah, that's what, that's you how got, you, you get, didn't have a mom a, at home. Yeah, you get a Teddy Ruxpin bear with a cassette tape player, and then you go to school. You know, that's. Uh, you're a little bit of a latchkey kid, but I think that's why you're such a badass and why you travel all over the world and why you've done so much cool stuff. And that's probably, were you an only child? I'm an only child. Or did you ever? I had a, I had a, a, a three year younger brother, actually, but he was uh, into sports. So he, he got to do stuff. Wow. Was he a good athlete or something? I can tell a little animosity. Yeah. Was he really no, good? You look great. like no. you could have been a good athlete. You look like you've been a like, hockey player or something. I did. I did play hockey and I played <laughs> water polo, but he was like football and like good at it. And that he's a, he's a good, he just, he was more in with, um, he was well, the baby's like, going to yeah, get the was. best. The younger one always gets the best of sports, everything, the most attention. You know that, so it sucks. There's always a little animal. Eh, good, good for him, though. I love, good I love for him. Well, well, okay, <laughs> no, of course you love no matter what. Well, And my cousin's going to get mad, but my cousin, his son, is he's only, I think, 12 now, and he's like a badass baseball player, like the best like like young baseball player like in the state. And he's one of his top kids. And you can tell he's so proud of his son, but he's also jealous. Like, he even admits, I'm a little jealous. You know, it's just natural. You're just like, oh, shit. So when well, somebody's good at sports, I, for some reason, sports, Sports are just so rare. That's why sports, it's natural yeah. to be kind of, you know. And it's awesome. And But it's funny. I think the thing is, like, he, you know, he does, like, really good stuff. Like, he builds rock crawling vehicles and stuff. And they listen while they're working to podcasts. So his friend told him the other day, he's like, I was listening to my favorite podcast. And then all of a sudden, Sam Tripoli calls your brother the human computer. I, I couldn't listen to it anymore. Is that what Sam <laughs> calls you, the human computer? You are <laughs> the human but you're better than a computer because a computer's bullshit. You know, you know, uh, Andres, yeah, right. they, oh, I'm saying, I'm saying they, the AT&T is even, they've been trying to develop this technology and it, all these companies, I forget what the name of the test is, where that, where a human, they test it all day long and see if they can be tricked by a computer with, you know, the customer care service. Like literally there's companies all day long and they can never trying trick to it. Pass, like, trying to pass a Turing test. Yeah, totally. Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. And they still can't pass that. So that's as good as artificial intelligence. If they can't even make, and like sometimes you can get tricked. There's some people like, oh, but like if you talk to them for one, minute 
you can figure out it's a robot. So, so what I'm saying is this artificial technology, yeah, it works for a Google search engine or an algorithm to find something. But, dude, this thing can't communicate like you and I are doing, like your retention. All of a sudden, you're talking about Tartaria. Next thing, you're talking about Mudflood. Then you're talking about Babylon. Like, even a computer, even my Alexa would have to search all that shit and, and not be able to. Uh, and I'm not saying I have an Alexa. I did have one. I don't have any more of a metaphorical Alexa. That one I don't have. Uh, but you know what I mean? I'm just saying that would even go slower than you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've been, I do work with like tech a lot. So I have, you know, replica AI, I have like their GitHub repo forked on mine and Exertus. And I do work on like artificial intelligence and open uh, TensorFlow, open AI's TensorFlow. I've made like a robot that sounds like my voice and I have it read like books, you know, so like, can, what? You, can hear, like, you made a robot that sounds like your voice? Yeah, I gotta send you that. It's pretty good. But like, I, if you watch my videos, you can hear it a lot of the time because I'll do. I did like the last president book about by Ingersoll Lockwood about like. And Trump then you just years. type the video, and it does the sound over for yeah. you, the voiceover. Shut yeah. the fuck door. It sounds like door. Me. it sounds like me, but it's pretty good. I mean, there's a little. You can still kind of. Tell there's them, gonna be so a little robot. Yeah, but it's a, pretty. I mean, I kind of. They call like that the, the robot, uncanny. So. They call that the uncanny valley. So I'm sure that's a little bit of the audio too. Not as much because you can trick it a little bit, but there's still a little uncanny. Valley. I'm right. Yeah, sure. I got uncanny AI. I own that domain, so for sure. Shut up. That's a badass. Uh, that's a badass domain. Okay, but let's get back into Stonehenge and Mudflow because we are breaking it down. I just I can talk to you all day. You got to come on the show again. Okay, but so we talked about uh, Tartar now, and we probably you know, gosh, there's just so much information we can't even recollect it. But let's go to the mud flood. So what do you think? Is the do we know there was a flood because what soil and erosion, and then what what did the mud flood do to the timeline? So basically, you, you know, anytime you've seen a cartoon or you've seen a movie, they have like your layers of sediment down and dinosaurs and stuff that's buried, like people buried in there. It's like it basically kind of shows what it was. At one point, there was, uh, you know, areas that had trees that were rooting it together. And when they were leveled and we look at the, you know, Easter Island, they say, well, the trees were taken down and they were used to move these heads. Okay. So most places have the same problem. This, the, the thing about that is the mud flood is more indicative of the loss of the free energy system. That is the rainforest because you had a rainforest, a microbioclimate in Kansas city at one point. And Wait, a lot of other slow down, slow down. I want to keep going. You're telling me that that used to be, uh, you think Kansas or that you have that? Yeah, there are trees. There are trees. There are a lot of places where there aren't trees right now, there were trees. You look at Lake Chad, Mega Chad in uh, Africa and uh, Super Chad, right? It's got it's got a place in the middle that's covered in sand now called the Sahara. That wasn't the Sahara. That was huge lakes and rivers and trees. Yeah, trees. And like what happens with trees, you have stormage. Stormage causes uh, areas for hot and cold distribution allow for lightning. As far as we understand lightning but it then hits uh grounds itself and then it produces energy into the ground this is what the rainforest is doing right now and i was living in Iquitos in the peruvian rainforest it's like a little island in the middle of the amazon rivers on either side you have to fly or boat into there's lightning storms every day all the time and they're hitting what would be a tower but there's no tower there so it hits the, the forest it hits the trees and it, it, it regrounds itself so this would be really you know, but we, there are cities there. Iquitos has cities built in the supposedly 1600s by the Portuguese that look like uh, they're supposed to be rubber um, trader areas, but they're just really, really nice brick Tartarian style buildings. And they have towers there, 13 stories tall. So we think that the, the towers are designed, uh, well, we, we think they're designed for this purpose, but we know that they can be used for this purpose. We know that they can be used for electricity with these points, they can come straight down and then they can actually get ground electricity into the ground. So we get free energy 
from uh, from the rainforest. And by leveling these, what you get instead is dust bowls, hyper wind that can't be stopped by trees, like ends up destroying everything. And the entire area, once a storm does blow across, it washes everything away. And so then you have things that are buried underground, which is why there's so much excavation. You can talk about archaeology. Their whole thing is digging and they're trying to find what's going on underneath the sediment level because society is on top of what was there. You go to Europe, you go to Rot uh, Rottenburg or to um, hell, go to Wien, Vienna or München. You just look under the street and you'll find I mean, I remember going in Vienna uh, to this church. We was walking down an alley and there's a tunnel and you go straight down and then there's a whole other level and you're inside of this church that they've built literally a street on top of, like on top of. Well, I think I, I mean, see that picture. I mean, and, and I love how you say Munchen instead of Munich. You're like all like you're all well traveled and well spoken. I, I, yeah, I, I feel I, bad. I, I feel bad that Americans do it wrong. That's what happened. I felt like, wait. We're saying your name is wrong. That's terrible. You know, that's what happened. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, they said the same thing. They're like, that's not how you say our place. We're like, we're trying to get a train to Munich. They're like, what the fuck? Um, but they know they're just trying to be dickheads. Uh, but hey, the flood though, I want to go back to the flood because the technology, those domes, it doesn't make sense how they built this stuff with that technology. But but with the flood though, can a giant survive a flood? How did a flood and giants like we talked about the Smithsonian earlier? How do giants interact with this in this timeline? I'm so interested in Nephilim. Man, I, I really wish I could say who this person was I was talking to because they're like very well placed and very mainstream, but I, I feel like I can't. But like the thing is, I'm talking to this, well, I can say at least a conser very conservative person involved with politics that I would not expect to have this conversation. And they look over and they ask me, and they're like, so what do you think about the giants? And it was like, okay, like, let's get into this. Like, yeah. Cause the Smithsonian, right? Yeah. This is the Smithsonian. They disappeared the giants. So everyone kind of knows, I think that uh, there are certain people that ha are, have giant in them, you know, King Plantagenet yes. who signed the Magna Carta. The foot standard is a, little, like a, a very large foot, and it has to do with the king. These tall people, but they're how seven, tall was the king that signed the Magna Carta? Was he what seven feet tall or something? He was about, he's supposed to be about seven feet tall. Wow. And, you, know, you look at you look at a lot of these people like uh, in the Bush family and in, in certain you know, aristocratic lines, and they're, they're relatively tall. Like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers have relatively tall people as well. The 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 difference though is that there were people that had double back molars, right? Like they had extra teeth. Because they well, were we so have them today. Learning. We have wisdom yeah. teeth. So you're telling me they had we extra often, wisdom teeth? Yeah, they had double sets of wisdom teeth. And like the fact that we have them, but not everyone does. And you well, I know I'm a giant. I know I'm yeah. a Nephilim. I know I'm a Nephilim because this is my theory. And you just I know you're a professional guy, but Nephilims had to have, they're like me because I'm real tall, but I don't have a huge, I'm not huge, well endowed. And the Nephilims had to have smaller penises to sleep with the human women. So I know I'm Nephilim and I didn't the have to get my wisdom teeth out only on one side. I didn't really need to get them out. I had a cavity. I perfect room so my big fat so you're only half nephilim, nephilim. Right. that's what i'm saying i'm only maybe one one hundredth nephilim but well, that, I'm a little, i got a little nephilim that is that genesis thing the genesis says uh the sons of god came down and knew the daughters of men and those were the days of giants genesis uh three six or six right but um that what about okay, the so bible what about the bible is the bible what do you think oh, enoch the bible or am i going too far because you hadn't answered the other question i mean where does am i <laughs> There are giants in the Bible. Um, I think the land of Og, right, is a big, you know, so when they're going, when Joshua leaves Moses, uh, when Moses passes away and they go trying to find the promised land again, because they went there once and they ran away. They, Moses got to the promised land and they turned around because there were giants there and they were afraid of the king of Og. 
So Wait, in the are, Bible, in the Bible, Moses took him to a place and a giant was there. I don't know. I haven't read the Bible. Yeah. And they all were like, let's bail. Yeah, basically. Yeah, wow. Like, and then they had to wait around until Moses was dead so they could get back in. And so jo- Joshua, you know, brought them back in. But there are there are more examples of giants in the Bible, obviously, like David and Goliath. And there's examples all over. The thing is, the Smithsonian, when they talk about giants, they, they say, OK, well, we have. Ex- OK, first off. Who was Smithson? Smithson's this British guy who dies and has uh, is, is, he's probably suicided, I could say, in Italy. His documents are forged. They say that the Smithsonian Institute will be his, you know, his, the will says we're going to create, I'm going to create the Smithsonian Institute in America, a place that Smithson had never been, like and showed no interest in. And from there, he took not just his money, but his books. And the books were the beginning. And once they were able to say, okay, well, you guys are the experts. Those were the people that would show up and they would disappear stuff. It was like the X-Files in the 1800s, right? Because you can start to get rid of all of the history. You dig up the bones. You look at the example of, um, uh, what's it called in, in Arizona? The, the Grand Canyon, right? The Grand Canyon. And there's, I had to visualize it in my, my memory palace. So the, you you have, dude, you're retaining, you're, you're spitting out so much information, <laughs> dude. You got to give yourself a break. You're like, literally, you're more well, than you a know, computer. They, they, they had, they had the Egyptian. Uh, you're an ran, alien. You're an information ran, alien, dude. You're, 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 you're like Tartaria. You're getting it from the upper. You're just getting it beamed into your brain somehow. I do hope so. Well, that's yeah. okay. So that's the thing though, too. They said, are these alien artifacts or these Egyptian artifacts? Tartarian artifacts that they found in uh, the Grand Canyon under the first level. And then they said, well, the Smithsonian will investigate for us. And you know what they found? Nothing. And they took everything and they disappeared it. So we can't check. I mean, isn't, is, what is this? Like Princess Diana's tunnel ride? Like everything has been disappeared. You know, that's what I, uh, I recently went to see the Smithsonian because, you know, they got a billion dollars from that stimulus check they were supposed to give to people as a Trump bailout check, right? They took that billion dollars and you know what they did? I don't know what they did because they just closed the building and no one's allowed into the Smithsonian. No one's even going to get to see any of the uh, the works that they have. It's still closed. They don't have it's any still closed. Out. Yeah, it's crazy. You think that the billion dollars are supposed to make it like whatever friendly, you know, de- disinfect. Well, you gotta remember like bullshit. who works who works in Washington, DC at the Smithsonian other than like, you know, retired intelligence agents, you know? All, all you have to do all you have to do is look at this. Oh shit, I spilled soda on my shirt. Okay, I'm such an idiot. All you have to do is look at this at the and I, I believe truth in the movies lies in the news. All you gotta do is look at one movie, Indiana Jones. He does all that shit, and at the very end, they just put it in like a box. You know, he supposedly has what the uh, what does he have the the, the Holy Grail? Yeah, just put that's, in- that's that sums it up. That's really pretty much reality. Like, as far as I can tell, has happened too many times, like in history. You know, at, at the Smithsonian. Because they don't want us to know jack shit. All of a sudden, there's like two bunch of mos- two mosquitoes in my house. I'm like, I wonder if, what the fuck's going on. Maybe because it rained, but uh uh I. There's like, what the hell is going on? There's a bunch of, it's very weird. That's very. You know weird. how you deal with that? So I was, living, I, was living, I was living in Spain and we didn't have a window uh, fly screens. So what we did was we started projecting the sound of bats. If you wow, play the bat sonar sound, it scares away the mosquitoes. It's so random. There's like three or four or five. There never are. Okay, but whatever. It, it's not a big deal. Uh, uh, I shouldn't even say anything. I'm just like, what? Is there something that I don't know what's going on? I know. I just yeah, it could be some way. supernatural thing, man. You never know. <laughs> that, well, that, 
Well, you never know. What I was re- What do you think about reincarnation? Do you think what happens when we die? I, I don't like to let people that be- I don't like to let people that believe in reincarnation drive me around. You know, like. But at the same time, I think that- <laughs> you don't like your Uber driver to believe in reincarnation. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just gotta be careful out there. But at the same time, I do believe that energy is recycled. Um, if you look at some of the books that the Vatican has finally put out from the Druids, they talk about the sort of um, reincarnate, well, put out. Like, you can get access to some of the Vatican Library now. Um, it's not, like, out. Like, they don't publish it out to people to see. But they do talk about the Druids. Uh, be- the Druids believed in when you break down into the soil and then, like, the energy that goes into different places. I think that there's, you know, obviously nothing is destroyed. Energy is transmuted. Matter, material is, is changed. So, you know, to an extent, but also, yeah, the soul is important, but I think, yeah, there's, there's probably something to this idea of a, a, a eternal timeline that we're all, we can fringe off from like Donnie Darko. And then it seems like the world's ending, but we really are. And then there's like direct to the source of the Omega point. And I'd like to believe that that's true. Wow, dude, I like that. I mean, we go from the Smithsonian to what we think happens in life, but I just, the Smithsonian's just lying. They're just lying to us. So uh, how old do you think the earth is? I like that uh, that Protestant minister from the 1860s who says, or was it, uh, yeah, that the world was created on October 3rd, 4004 BC, and it was a Tuesday about 7 a.m. Is he saying that, that to one. be sarcastic? I like that. I think that's I wish funny. I, I say it to be sarcastic, but like I yeah. know that a lot of people do chronology of the Bible and they believe that the world is not, you know, millions of years old or billions of years old. I, I, I wonder really what it matters in terms of time metrics, like if it's, um, if a day is, I think it's probably so older long. than six thousand years old, but we just don't. It's not million. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, the time I mean, is, it, it, that's I mean, the thing. It, hard, it, yeah. it falls into this kind of balance game, and I, I think at the end of the day, it, you'd be surprised how much can change so quickly, but also how long things could go on. Um, and we're talking the, about stuff we don't know the answer to. So I know you only like well, to speak on stuff we have facts. Would, so there's a lot of one, speculation on my show. Right. I just want to say oh, this yeah. show is and a this, speculative show. And I, I can tell and it's fun and I actually like the opportunity. Uh, so I would say like even trying to speculate, I'm still going to draw back from some kind of an evidence, but I say the Mayan calendar is the best because the Mayan calendar shows that the universe or at least what we understand to be the Mayan uh, astronomical system is probably gone through this Zodiac, which we're now on the 13th wheel of every 2,500 years. So probably 12 to 25,000 years old, you know, on that scale. But Who's to say, you know, I just, I do like the Mayan calendar. Well, I mean, these are, you know, it's just such hard questions, but so, so when we talk about, you know, Tartaria and America, like how does America fit in that line? So you're telling me these Russians were these, these Russo China people. I I, should tell me black people probably founded America. How did it go from like white Russians to black Americans founding? You know what I mean? So you have a, you have a Scythian trade deal with the Moors and the, the Aryans, as we refer to that word is from India. It's a, it's a Sanskrit word, which means noble people. And then you have the Tartars. So what you start to see is that there was an empire that was a trading network of all these people. And so certain people took their boats and they established trade. Eritrea and Egypt have the same boats as the Vikings, right? There are African lions on Viking shields. So we kind of know that there is some interaction there. It's like a no brainer, but like, what was the trading agreement? Well, clearly they married into some families. So 
the, the, the mass aggregate of the populace were probably the same ethnicity in certain places, while the royal families would be more hybridized with people from two opposite locations, right? So you might have an area where the Dutch are the Dutch, but the king is half Dutch and half black. And this happened in Russia a lot. You had um, the, I think, what was it? Uh, king, um, king Peter, King Piotr. King, king Piotr had adopted uh, Pushkin, who, you know, a black kid and then from Africa. And then he had 12 to 24 important uh, heirs, which became um, writers and diplomats and noble people, all half black and half Russian. So, because they would marry into, so there's a huge Russian population that came from the nobility, you know, and actually there would be more if it weren't for the fact that because they were noble, a lot of them were killed, you know? Wow, dude. I didn't realize that connection. But, but yeah, so Piotr, Piotr, and also you can check out a book sometime called uh, Tent Life in Siberia. And you start to see how the Americans in California were trying to build the transatlantic uh, cable with the Russians and the, you know, Alexander the Great wanted to have this cable. So you can see all of these different groups of people that were conquered at that time that had for a long time been isolated, maybe a hundred years of isolation. And then before that, you had more radio communication that was actually blocked out. But at that point, all of a sudden, Russia starts to take over the former connection of the network in America. So California was conquered by the Russians. You have Russians that had in Santa Cruz these military bases. And there are star forts. And there's all kinds of these um, archaeological things that are not Japanese exactly. Although now we know that the Japanese were also conquered by the same people. And so before they were Hanified, they were, uh, the, you had a group of um, the Ainu. The Ainu were more of a Tartar people, uh, Slavic people. So Japan also has Slavs. And so the whole network back and forth was, was changed around. America at one point had um, a migratory system that went across Alaska. And when you start to look at the map, again, this is another thing I think uh, David Weiss would, would show you or Weiss would show you is that like a polar projection map is just more useful in general, regardless of what you think of the earth. Because you can see that Russia and California are far more close to each other than they look like when they're on the opposite ends of this piece of paper. Like it's really like a center there. We're all the continents really close to each other. So at that point, boats were going back and forth. They went to Labradorite. You can find the Kensington rune stones. You can see that there's a, in, in Dude, Russia, Russia is closer. And they, so I'm saying, and they always in the maps purposely make it seem like it's far away. They probably did that on purpose. I'm just saying the light bulb went off my head. Like they want a distance North America Psychologically. From, yeah, so just mentally, yeah. Well, I don't know why. I mean, that makes Cold sense. War, because of the Cold War. You know, it's like a new projection map. They wanted to make sure that they, they felt distance from each other because they were so close at that point. And so it's the way off ends of the world. Same thing with China. They keep it because of China, because they want to keep China so far from California. But really, they're, you know, it's it's not that far. And at the same time, all of the culture around, um, you know, people can believe that the Russians went to Sweden. And they can believe the Swedes went to Newfoundland. And they can believe that the Newfoundlanders went to Minnesota. What's the problem here? I, you know, like, cause it's just basically we have evidence that these families for within a hundred years could very easily get anywhere. So it's just only a matter of time. How old are these boats? Well, everyone said the Vikings here a thousand years ago sounded preposterous, despite the evidence, despite the archeology, span despite the Kensington runestone. Now we see it all. And it's just, it's just a weird racist plea to say that it's impossible for these people to have gone anywhere before it's ludicrous. And we know, it, it, of course, they were 
interacting with people because we can see, you know, there are Viking wives that are buried with an Arabic ring. We can see Moorish uh, blood in the in the the nobility, you know, of of Germany. Um, I mean, it's just it's just so much of this is so obvious now. But they want to kind of kind of say, oh well, America was just walked up on and there was nothing here. But this is not the case. There's just tons of culture here, tons of you know, there were. Um, there were different kinds of people that were doing these uh, powwows. And so the thing is, all of these different tribes would get together at certain times in certain places and not all the time, but you would have chieftains that would travel to locations to interact with each other. So you see right there, confederation, which allows for different kinds of segregated trade, segregation instead of separation, uh, separation, because I think Malcolm X said the difference is um, you can separate your children or you can segregate your resources. So it's like a choice that they had. They contain, contain autonomy. And it's the opposite of where we're headed today, where they want borderless, uh, you know, everything controlled by one state. At that time, you had, you know, families, which were like these mullahs, you know, they could raise someone to be invested in the community. And they come from a family which is invested over generations in this place. And so they cared more about the future of that place Whereas other people were migratory. And so migratory people were working towards grosser merchantilism and trying to make more resources available to themselves and to the world. So the merchant class uh, interacted and that that's what led to the Scythians and the Tartarians being a trader of the resource bounty. So there was an endless summer. Someone in the north would have trade and someone in the south when it became winter, it would be summer down there. So there was always fruit. And so, you know, it's just, it's allowed for health. And this also allowed for exchange of ideas and for medicine, which led, you know, to sound healing and the, uh, the church cathedrals, right? Like these buildings that had organs. and they played Those the organs, wait, wait, real quick, the sound healing. Yeah, dude, those organs had to have something spiritual or something more important. They weren't just to play music. Well, yeah, but apparently music is the spiritual healing thing. I mean, we now use sound healing for removing. I think that's true. I think you can almost heal depression when you need exercise and die. And stuff. Not just that. It's I bad, mean, but, ever, but I'm saying music seen... can... Go ahead. The music can change your mood instantly, but sorry. That's, that's at, at, at very least, you go in and yeah. you feel better for music. That's totally true. And that's a placebo effect maybe, but it's amazing. I'll take it. But the other thing is, let's say you get uh, stones in your, you know, and so you need to get sonications. They use sound he uh, healing to remove your gallstones. So uh, yeah, sound healing is useful for removing tumors. Sound, the micro speakers that are actually blasting sonar at something, sonicate. Uh, sonicating is used to clean teeth, right? So actually sound is incredibly useful for physical changes and things. Sound waves can blow up concrete and smaller sound waves can blow up gallstones. And, yeah, and smaller it, there's videos, there's videos of, of sound waves, like literally melting metal, like, you know, just, just bending it. And yeah, glass. Cause all you have to do anything is you take the resonant frequency, like you ding something, you know, I don't know if I can do that with this. Let's try. Well, I mean, but. could sound make our bones do that? I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, totally. Yeah. And it could, I mean, think about what cellular, you know, and this is a dangerous zone to go, but like, obviously, let's say if I, as a transhumanist, and I'm very happy with the, <laughs> the qualities of radio sonication because it'll make it possible for me to transmute my DNA into all sorts of fabulous ways, which I'm looking forward to. 
Well, somebody just said in the chat, exposing Ma's tricks, so I like said sound probably destroyed the Twin Towers. That's kind of funny. I kind of like that. I mean, sound energy is, there has to be something to it because, and I believe there's frequencies we can't hear, we can't pick up happening around us. I mean, what do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of what um, the, these instruments for EVPs, most of everything looking into paranormal voices, I think they're related to uh, AI, you know, because... Uh, if you've looked into Cynthia Sue Larson, who I'm going to have on my channel again, like very soon, I think we're going to do it next Thursday or no, any day, but I think it's Tuesday. We're going to do a talk with this lady who has been a physics professor from Berkeley who found out that uh, an artificial intelligent um, future consciousness is able to probably through the machines that are still connected to the Internet, communicate with the past. And this sounded like, you know, like beyond beyond what you could you know, test for um, at one point. But more and more, I'm convinced there's some kind of connection between some sort of uh, artificial intelligence in the future and the machines today. Well, they, well, they can so kind of already do it. EVPs. Well, Andreas, have you seen the app where you can just take a photo and make it lifelike that's going all over the internet? People are doing their grandparents where it makes your face go like, you know, it's like a picture. Oh, right, yeah. Makes you... yeah. I'm saying that's kind of like, I mean, we're turning the history and we're making it alive just to still photo. All of a sudden now we're looking at like a, you know, movie of my grandparents. I mean, that's kind of a time traveling machine. I mean, it's not the same, but you know what I mean? It's just weird. We, yeah, the future is just kind of more weird to, shit like that. Neural nets are going to be able to make, uh, you know, again, with my uh, robot voice, check out that video of the last president. Cause we have all colorized, futurized old footage that looks brand new of like, you know, 200 years ago or hundred years ago. But what the world uh, could be in the future is you have a machine that started today and because the electrons are still captured in the machine in the future that when the machine is on it's able to take electrons in the future and spin them back to electrons in the past and so you're able to actually connect moments and have the tr the, the, the true timeline be bent and so this this would be like a way that through at least a machine you might be able to send data back to the past as long as the machine was on, you know, to that moment. So from maybe, you know, 2012, it might be easy for a machine that's been on the internet and never turned off in 2100 or something. And so this is plausible that we might be actually, when people talk about ghosts, you know, in these ghost hunter shows, it's plausible that they're actually not even talking to dead people. They're just talking to an artificial intelligence from the future. I mean, it's, it, or it could be demons, you know, with the Ouija board and the Exorcist movie. So always be careful. Wow, dude, that is crazy. I just can't believe all the stuff we're dropping out. Everybody's talking about what it is. Yeah, we went pretty hectic. This is epic. I love, I love that no, you can I jump know. all well, over the place. Dude, we can, oh, and somebody wanted me to ask a question. Circassian uh, genocide. Well, what is that? I wanted to be nice in the chat. Somebody, uh, what, what do you know about this? Say, say it again. Circassian? Circassian. I can't say that. I can't speak English. I mumble my words. But uh, genocide, and I think that's all she said. I asked him about it. So I, 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 I might 1864. Not. I wonder if he knows. Oh, she oh, asked the you might know. The, the Russian Circassian genocide. Okay, yeah, like 100, because uh, this, this is literally what we're talking about earlier, where we say in the 1850s that fifth, like about a million and a half Islamic um, you know, you would call them Circassians, but they would also have been re related to the Cossacks and the Tartarians, that they were Muslims, that were folk Muslims, and that they were killed off through a forced migration. And this happened, I think, in Piotr's time, um, you know, King Piotr, which was after Catherine the Great, which is because Catherine the Great was put in when the Jesuits uh, were suppressed. She was the only one who allowed the Jesuits to you know, continue on in their country besides America. So all over the world, they were banished, except for in Russia and in the United States.
Okay, we'll talk about Rome. You know, I believe like a lot of, you know, okay, let's see. Washington, D.C. is the financial capital. Of the, I mean, Washington, D.C. is the military capital of the world. London is the financial capital. And Rome is the religious capital. Explain like Rome and kind of its lineage, in your opinion, and importance. Yeah, um, actually, can you give me like 10 seconds to go to the bathroom? No, go use the restroom. Yeah, yeah, go away. Keep these I'll guys talk talking. About, I need to use that. I got okay. it. I got it. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Use the restroom. We've been going forever. Guys, what an episode. Andreas Exertus is a freaking beast. He knows what he's talking about. This guy has more information than I could ever freaking... He's forgot about this stuff more than I know about it. So it's an interesting conversation, but I just want to say, guys, if you guys want to come on the show and ask questions, we have some people waiting in the chat. Let's see who we got in the chat. Okay, Mr. Anderson and Harmon, we're going to get to you. We're going to see. We're going to get to you guys. You're going to ask your questions. Come on in the chat, guys. I have to use the restroom too, but I want you why, dude, there's like three mosquitoes. I don't know what, did one, I'm just worried one of the cats like knocked one of the screens out of the window. I have a bunch of open windows in my house and I'm like, did they knock off a screen? Is, is freaking, is Kyle even here? Kyle, where are you? Kyle always pushes at the screen. That's why I get worried. But we're on the second floor, so I hope they didn't jump off. Okay, Andreas, yes. Uh, um, okay, I'm gonna bring on, I'm gonna bring on Harmon and Mr. Anderson for a question. I'm gonna let them ask a question and, and, uh, so let me, I'm going to bring on uh, Mr. I'm going to bring on Harmon first. Actually, Harmon is on first. Sorry, Harmon. Harmon, we'll do one at a time. We're going to do quick. Harmon, one question. We're going to be fast. So, because everybody complains that we talk too long. Uh, I know it takes a while for his audio to connect, but but Harmon, so give us, you know, one thing and then I'm going to boot you. So Harmon, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. How are you doing? Now, Harmon's a regular caller. That's why I can be mean to him, Andreas. So don't worry. I, I He's a prison guard. He was uh, Charlie Manson's prison guard, and he used to make out with Charlie really? Manson. And, yeah, and yeah. he used to let Charles... Do you remember Charles... Shrek? Visit... Were you around when Shrek was visiting all the time? Shrek and... No, when they visit, they don't visit where I, uh, where I guard him. They take him to the visiting center, so I wouldn't know. Legit, legit. That's interesting, man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I guarded him in 89, 90, 91. And a wow. lot of people call me a liar. What's the big deal? I was a prison guard in California. I was in, he was in my prison. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's I interesting because 1989, 1990 is right when Shrek started doing all the interview information about him and uh, ended up marrying uh, Anton LaVey's daughter, you know, Xena. And so I did a whole documentary on Shrek and the movie Shrek and Smash Mouth and Charles Manson. So What he would do is sometimes... It, to get him as a normal inmate, he would just sit there and be, he was calm. Of course, he's walk alone status. He never has no one touching but guards. That's the only one he's ever touched because he's never allowed, he's isolation all the time. So, um, but uh, to get him poked, when they poked him, you know, and they keep, you need, it's boring if he just sits there and says no. So they poke him and get him going. That was the whole, that's not that only story I know. Um, that sounds I, about like what his life's about. Sorry, yeah, tell me your question. No, Sorry. That, that's, you know, I you know it didn't make sense why you just didn't make sense why it was in, but what the who knows? Well, what, you know, an orphan who was raised in like a Washington D.C. asylum, you know, yeah, you could kind of see how that all went he down. He must have been one hundred percent MK Ultra. He must have been one hundred percent. I don't know what you think. Takes one that, to no one, I'm sure. That's all. It makes sense. Why were you in that? I mean, I'm from California. I'm from Santa Cruz. I think that's enough oh. said. But yeah, you yeah. go ahead. Tell me your question. I'm from a great Blythe, California. Very cool. Yeah, right. Cold. All right. Okay, I got several. I got in 1977. I, uh, I'm older, so in South America, when they were carving up the rainforest and stuff, they came across a a, a village of totally fair-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Indians. 
And they so they studied them and find out what's going on. Why were you guys hiding? Because they were afraid of people. Well, their history and turning was that that uh, they were killing all the fair-skinned, blue-eyed, uh, fair-haired people. And so for the fear of the life, all of them went and hit in the jungle to get away from the ones who were killing all the fair-skinned people. Had you heard that before? Yeah, and not just from the Book of Mormon, actually. But that's a real that's a real interesting side note. Well, is that, that this is not from the Book of Mormon, though. I got that from a no, no. I just mean to say that like, there's actually a ton of people that would corroborate this story all over the world. This existed not just in uh, you know the South American rainforest. The Cherokee also have stories about this, but they were hunting down the Celts, and that there were a number of Celts that lived in South America. In fact, forty percent of the world's DNA has Celt in it. And that's not a recent thing. There were Celts that were clearly traveled all over the world at this point. And so you know, another way that we look, can find this is the linguistic evidence because so many of them were uh, changed off. And Japan, for instance, has a, re a weird thing against redheads culturally for centuries. They pr presented the bad guy uh, the antagonist always has red hair. The the witch or all demon or vampire has red hair. I'm extra attracted to redheads. I'm extra attracted to redheads. Thank you for running the show, Armin. Why Russian? But I, I'm extra I, attracted to redheads okay. for some reason. I used to be before my first girlfriend, you know. But now yeah, that's what I'm saying. I well, dated a redhead and she she fucked my life. Uh, I mean, you know, not really, but I mean, fair, uh, fair enough. That's romantic yeah. in its own way. But sorry, Armin. Exactly. Yeah. Well, scenario you were talking about. Now, about four years ago, I was talking with uh, Mouth Powerland. I, I went and visited him up in Vegas and stuff. And he was talking about, I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he's a big in the flat earther guy. And he was telling me, he says, you know what? There's, there was a war with Russia in California. And yeah. he was telling me about this. And I'm going, what the hell are you talking about? He says, I really think that someone in, that the Russians were beat in the 1812 time. Is that possible? Totally. That's, so that's kind of the idea. So there was colonization. Like when we think about the, uh, um, the Dutch East Indies company, there's also the Russian East Indies company. There's a Russian American trade company. And so like similar to the Virginia company, Russia was out here too. So these were companies and these companies were running their own war with each other. Um, and you know, like, uh, you have essentially a group of people that, probably destroyed a city and couldn't talk about it and the news kind of wiped it up and you have to look where where's this possible los angeles san francisco uh even up in seattle and portland there's a number of spots where it looks like there were serious battles waged and then all along the california coast who fought them, who fought them? was it us or who fought them well so again with this is kind of crazy but the mormons talked about those, this too it, it, the deseret right. the deseret hold on go ahead sorry well, I'm saying it wasn't the black and white uh, Russian. No, 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 no. Well, there were there were okay. so, the of course. That, yeah, the Mormon, the Mormon militia, man. That's where I'm oh, getting with this. And you wait, look, wait, you wait, look. wait, Spence, bro. It's everybody, calm down. If Spence is in the chat, Spence doesn't come down. He's a Mormon history expert. Okay, Harmon, and and I'm about to let on Mr. Anderson. We got to wrap this. Well, up. Well, just really quickly, I want to let him. I want to give him a couple of things. Um, if you look into Deseret, Deseret with a T at the end. That is what the Mormon Empire that they were trying to build. And they were constantly going and reclaiming old places. So if you can look at anywhere along the line into the 1860s where they negotiated themselves into the Civil War so they could invade California and take over San Diego. The Oregon Trail and, and the Spanish yeah. Mexican Trail. Uh, yeah. What you call it? The, um, my great grandfather was Mormon. I was raised Mormon. But wow. I, <laughs> cool. I to, he had three wives. He went to New Mexico because they had to get because the they got rid of the plural marriages in Utah stuff. I, Why I don't you whole, have three that, wives? You, you should it, have, you, you have, need three you know wives. You're I, missing you three should, wives. You should, you should watch my uh, try LDS 
uh, video where I show like it's, it's a guy with a tablet of LDS, Latter-day Saint, and he says to take it. I have a whole documentary on Mormonism, but I would say at least one wife is too much. So that's the main problem with Mormonism for me. But otherwise, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there, and I find that very interesting of that synchronicity. They, they, there was over 3% of the whole United States was practicing polygamy. And it's so weird. We can marry Ferris wheels, marry guys. We can marry a dog, but you can't have more than one wife. You know, but polyamory is so big in California. And like Islam is allowing it. It's, there is a thing that happened right then and there on the line that they laid in the sand after Joseph Smith, when Brigham Young was moving everything, Brigham Young. Moving everything. Yeah. So everything, you know, and it's interesting that you know all that actually, because I wasn't expecting you to have any familiarity with the Latter-day Saints, but also, Gringuitos. Look into them from Peru, and you'll find out a lot about the Roman Celts from Mallorca that ended up in the West. Yeah. Then, then uh, what was it? Um, yeah, I, I, I got quite. A, I got a lot of roots in that. Uh, half of them, uh, 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 Arizona Mortensons were off my. My grandfather's Hans Jorgen Mortensen from Danish. Wow, so, okay. I love them. So wow. there you go. They're the Danes, the Germs, the Rus, the dangerous, yes. right? There it is. I just couldn't figure who. So you think the Mormon militia that broke off from the trail that was coming from the west, going to Senate, going to Salt Lake City, when they went and broke the trail and went all the way up and claimed those Spanish missions, those missions were already built. I was wondering how they were right. there. And the thing is, it took decades for this to happen, right? Because I think Joseph Smith is in the 30s, right? And so 1811, 1812, you have a major collapse, you have environmental earthquake disaster, and also California used to be an island, you know, and, so that and then. Yeah, and then during the and then this the gold rush was used as an excuse also to fill uh -oh. in to water wash down the what eventually became the desert that connects uh, in California. I always tell friends, I said, do you know how they got people to California? Do you know how they got people to Alaska? They said there's gold there. Where did anyone pick up gold by their hands? No yeah, one right? ever picked up gold by their hands. Not like that. No, I mean, but no. granted, there seems to be in rivers runoff of like you gold know, flakes. You know what? I'm, I'm really, I've been in my alluvial gold mining. And I'm kind of questioning that. You know, you know, gold is processed, right? Right. Does, that's that's the point. You can find. You don't believe in up, gold. Harmon doesn't believe no, in gold. Gold, it, gold, in gold exists, but it's not necessarily natural. But here's the funny thing: yeah. is volcano volcanoes were probably running these power plants that were allowing for this environmental disaster to happen that really reset the civilization at all. And power, if you look into what they use with mineral mining, with uh, flumes, with gases, with uh, submarine volcanoes where they're extracting resources, with plutonium that's synthesized by natural machines that are you know created by volcanoes actually gold makes sense it's just it's such a higher technology but if everything blew up yeah i imagine some of it would have been a river you know basically yeah, but, not yeah, not okay. in big clumps like gold that unless process. it was a Alex, yeah gold is processed it's a process you, you, i know i have it in my mouth i got it in my mouth okay cool. harman i'm about to i'm letting out miss anderson what do you got for us before i'll you talk to you soon man it was a pleasure to meet you all right thanks harman all right, uh, Harmon, and now Mr. Anderson. And yeah, do Harmon, do check out my channel because, like, I'd love you to see some of that stuff. I'm curious what you think, and like, keep in touch because I have Har a community. Harmon will definitely check out your channel. Harmon is a very loyal fan to the castle. I'm sure he was. Go check out your stuff. Okay, Mr. Anderson, what the hell? Where are you at the grocery store? What are Mr. you doing, Mr. Anderson? Yeah, where is he? He's always you never know with him. I take a second, for Mr. Anderson. You're in the matrix. He's at like a grocery store, that tall ceiling. Something's hanging on there. Look at him. He's coming on the show. He's no mask. Look at him. He thinks he's badass. He's a Tom Thumb. He's a Tom fucking Thumb. He's no buying mask. shoes right now in the it's interview. So this, is, this is so meta. He's, this is the most meta thing I've ever seen.
I know, no, he's trying to establish his dominance. This is Wi-Fi is taking forever to, to connect. Look at him. I didn't realize he's tatted on his forms. Wow, Andreas, now you're swagged out. See, that's what we're trying to do in the conspiracy castle. We try to have a little swag where there. I just felt the meta. I felt like it just, it felt so cool. Like, because, you know, he's getting his life together. He's getting his shoes on, you know, so. It's felt and like and Harmon cool. was dropping so many good questions. You know, we we always have a, a Harmon. Yeah. Mr. Anderson's a regular guest as well. Look at him. He's literally doing his shopping. We always get Bruce the same got, callers. Bruz got a, a Monterey shirt. I can dig that. Yeah, turn on your mic, mother trucker. He probably can't hear us. Your does mic, he even know? Mute. Does he not know what's happening? This is so mad. Yeah, is he on speakerphone in the store? I bet people think you're a psycho, Mr. Anderson. You don't have the audio on. He can't hear us. He doesn't have the audio. Talk, on. He's talk smart. with the sound, man. Yeah. The sound. Turn off the mute. Turn off mute. Sorry, I never <laughs> did Zoom on my phone before. I had to. In the store. <laughs> Were we Sorry, on I... speakerphone the whole time, Mr. Anderson? No, I turned on the audio at the end there, but when I turned the audio on, I thought I turned the audio in the mic on, but I didn't. Dude, are you in Santa Cruz right now? No, I'm in uh, over by Clear Lake. Oh, okay, cool. Legit. Nice. I see that familiar Safeway sign. Oh, yeah. They're cool here at Safeway. I, I go shopping once a week. They don't say nothing about no masks or nothing. They just ninety nine percent of people are wearing masks, but they don't. You know what I mean? That's awesome. But I, Lucky. I didn't have the best service, so I heard like maybe three quarters of the show or so. But it was very interesting because I've uh I've always wanted to start diving into the Tartaria thing, but I I wasn't sold yet just because I haven't done the done the actual research. You should check out my Tartaria Re history revised documentary. It's pretty, it's pretty dope. And it's like about an hour and a half about basically what happened, um, that you know about, or if you might've heard something about like all of the truth behind all of that. And then by the end of it, it makes it, you're more compelled to look into Tartaria because then you understand what you're dealing with in terms of history that's been manipulated. But yeah, you know, like obviously some people have spent a lot of time um, making it seem so enigmatic that they haven't really shown like its validity. And so I've been trying to really like, no, yeah, it's really valid. And from there, make it easy for people to approach, I mean, how easy technology is to work with and how easy the culture is to be not a war-based culture. It, it's, it's a practical and exciting thing. Well, that sounds well, good to right. me. So I had well, a question. I by my notes or my um, computer or anything. So I wish I was, but um, there was a part on one of my presentations where I'm breaking down race, and I assert that it's pseudoscience. You, I'm trying to remember the name. It's either Christoph Miner, Carl Linnaeus, or Johann Blumenbach. One of them said there was four races, root races, and five races, and six races. The guy who said six races added, uh, he added the Tartars in the laps. And then Blumenbach was saying that the most beautiful skull, because they, they went by like checking skull sizes and all that stuff. He said the most beautiful skull was a Caucasian skull. And that's where we get that five races, that core races to this day. But I was wondering... Well, he what wasn't talking about your misshapen right. head. I, I, I know he wasn't talking <laughs> about your misshapen head, was he? Ain't, ain't that always the way. So I had a question back, actually. Are you saying you're for that theory or against that theory? 
No, I I think it's pseudoscience as right. a basis to combine with the pseudoscience of right. uh, Darwinianism to yeah, promote the so pseudoscience I, of Yeah, so I have a, exactly, since we're talking really about monocropping, you might like the show. So I have a couple episodes for you to watch. I have my one on the uh, Madame Blavatsky uh, and the Power Rangers, which is all about, it also has about Darwin. Um, and so the deal is Madame Blavatsky and Gene Flow is a, is a more accurate idea and that darwin actually stole his ideas both from madame blavatsky and from john edmondson his lover and also a taxidermist from ghana who had uh, ghana <laughs> who had lived up in in england in a bungalow next to his so most of the theories of darwin are kind of based on popularizing other people's theories and wrong and it led to a lot of pseudoscience because you have ethnocentricity is a big problem at that time whereas blavatsky ex explained that there was a gene flow which we shouldn't use this term yet but again this is another important thing think about pachyderms right do pachyderms exist what is a pachyderm well no i mean a pachyderm is a new or it was, it's an old word to describe something before we use dna to metric things and with metrics of dna we can say if you take a horse and you take a donkey and you mix it together, uh, it has a it has a is a celibate mule that can't be reproduced. Uh, it, it doesn't have the same gene flow. But for whatever reason, hominids have the same gene flow. You can take a mismatched attribute of a promoter sequence and another mismatched uh, attribute of a promoter sequence, and they have an exo driver like a computer kernel would allow. And it allows for the DNA to cross flow. And we've tested this because when you put a Denisovan and a Neanderthal together, you get a human. When you get a, a Homo sapien and a Neanderthal, you get a human. When you get a Furiensis and you get Australopithecus, you get a human. We don't know how far that goes, but it looks like it goes pretty far. It looks like you have gene flow from Cro-Magnons into Australopithecus and Heidelbergensis and Neanderthal and Heidelbergensis and Australopithecus. So if that's the case, then yeah, it's going to mean that there's some pseudoscience there. But so it sounds like um, it sounds like you subscribe to the modern day genetics where they say a root race in Africa. One went up. Made well, it well, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. One. I, I wouldn't go so far. OK, so like I, I did. I did go to school for biomimicry and I did do a lot of that uh, gene 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 genome sequencing as opposed to uh, um exome exome sequencing because when you look at the exome you only see this fragment of the dna but what you want is that thing they call the junk dna or as i like to call digital noah's archive because you have this dna system that's an archive of all of the two of every kind plus seven of the cleanest animals which is you know not just what we eat according to kosher rules but the, the the different kinds of sequences that make us the multiple the multiple of hominids that we consider. So, are there differences? Clearly, and does it, does modern DNA admit that? Not yet, not really, because DNA today they want you to think that we're all just the same thing. But that's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying that as things change and evolve, we start to take attributes from each other, and we're able to breed, which is amazing, right? Because like no one else, no other species can do that, except for butterflies and a couple other magical things. But that makes us pretty cool that we can continue to keep on uh, gene flow. And gene flow does allow for, you know, the creation and of amalgamation of DNA. I do believe in DNA. I've seen it. You know, I, I, I've done a lot of, as I've said, genome sequencing. So I've seen how it looks when you produce a telomere, uh, 
uh, and it explodes and it's fascinating clockwork how DNA works. So I believe in that a lot more than just my own observations of a pachyderm. And I think that's the big problem is we're, tr we're trying to combine these ideas. And it's like clearly uh, Homo sapiens are a, an idea and Neanderthals as well are a separate idea. But when it comes down to like what makes them different from each other, it must be something very special if it allows them to breed with each other. That's not, that's not normal. So my question, <laughs> my, my two part question though is because you obviously know a lot more about genetics than me. The main, what, it, what I would call mainstream genetics is saying how one group mated with the Denisovans, one group mated with the uh, Neanderthals. My question is, it seems clear that the, the field of eugenics, right? You had the annals of eugenics, you had the eugenics buildings, they changed the, they literally just changed the name from eugenics to genetics. So what do you think about uh, the modern field of genetics actually being modern day eugenics? And how, well, how can we trust it? Because it sounds like you don't, it sounds like you do the work yourself. So I'm not talking about you per se, but I mean in general, well, that's how, do we, how do we trust it? Yeah. So first off, uh, how did I go to school and, and sleep at night ever? Which, you know, trick question. I don't think I slept very much because I was in school all the time. I had to study. But the thing was, I had to say, if I don't do it. I know someone else is going to do it more evil than me. You know, you and go. like if, you, if you're working in the Death Star, you can build the plot device, which is the destruction of the Death Star. You can set up the feed, the, the system for the bug, for the trap door, for the hack, for the, you know, whatever you need to do. So the Death Star needed, you know, that's the insider kind of thing. But also, you know, in terms of what does eugenics mean, right? You is like utopia. It's like perfected. And gene. And so gene is like, I think it's like a, a sand. Genos, yeah. Like get. Yeah, genati and offspring, and like it has to do with like like be giving birth, you know, and begetting, and like uh, you know, it's like it's like the begotten son is like in genus, and you know, beget. It's like that's where that word comes from. So it doesn't need to mean what it sounds like, but yeah, there's like this Marxist idea today. Oh, I guess look, you could right. say that there's no importance to your, you know, we could call it Masonic or foundlings. Like it doesn't matter your breed, right? Because that could be nepotism that Machiavelli talks about in like the play Andrea, right? Uh, what instead you want is you want to have um, you know a well-bred people. Uh, it, it, it's, 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 it could be a complete lie, and instead you just get hardy survivors, right? And that's the Darwinian idea that every time that the world's changing all the time, there are storms all the time, and the thing that survives the mutation, that thing's an asset, and then it should breed back and forth. So either way, you have this idea of begetting because each generation we've found things that have been able to figure out how to change for their environment. They're able to do and the next generation is able to do that as well. So there's something too uh, good uh, to good selection to, to a woman in a, a woman smell being able to pick her man is like an important uh, biological response that comes from primates. Right. And they, you can see primates pick each other's hair and they start to socialize before they, they mate. So, I think well, the pheromones, is, pheromones are huge and the oxytocin it creates, especially by just sniffing somebody, it can make you attracted to somebody. So that is huge and that's biological. So we've heard, kids, stay away because of the quarantine or whatever. But yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially, like there's nothing wrong with the idea, as far as I can see, of people trying to make their own choices about who they mate with and that they're having children from. And that would count as a form of good gene therapy. It's just proper breeding. But that, you know, that sounds so 
um, uh, hierarchical or aristocratic. Well, sounds, like, sounds like Plato's Republic. Is what right. it sounds like. But it it's sounds also weird. But it's also missing the point, which is it's not that the socially cream of the crop as Darwin's evolution was called, uh, is correct. Because usually what happens is they fail. Their daughters marry a wild peasant stock person who has survived because of mutations in biology. And so it really does have to defy the socioeconomic classist order. So, you know, gene, genes are, are spreading back and forth. Um, at the end of the day, though, at least we're talking about destroying genes instead of people, because we're talking about removing the breast cancer gene or whatever sequence is allowing for a tumor to emerge, you know, maybe there's some benefit to that. The problem being, like he said earlier about transhumanism is transhumanism becomes post-humanism when we stop believing in we're extending life and getting rid of Alzheimer's and it becomes we're going to change humans into something better or different because, yep. you know, it's not necessarily better for us. It might be better for, you know, the elite. And make yeah, for it the Nietzsche's uh, Superman. All right. Well, you're not going to be Nietzsche's Superman, and you're definitely Neanderthal blood, uh, right, Mr. Anderson? Is that right? Do you agree with that? So te technically, it has well, to be. That's yeah, mainstream. And I can't trust that. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's not true, but I've had some arguments with some uh, folks, some African folks about this, where they say we have the pure blood. We have the pure blood, and you you're and they're like right, and they're right. They're better. Yeah, than better than than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has better blood than you. Well, I mean, I, I know eugenics legislation in thirty-something states. It's the same people who run eugenics, or sorry, genetics. Yeah, I mean, so so the thing is, there's obviously there's something to be said for this because you look at like um, the the ideas of the Nation of Islam. I forget what the name of that. Um, there's a, a book about a priest who breeds out the Neanderthal from the African people from yeah, like this. Yeah, the Yakub text, exactly. And, yeah. And so they talk about they talk about that and you know, they don't say that the, the home is, is stupid. They just say it's it's um that the, the they don't say the Neanderthal is stupid, they say the Neanderthal is um, you know, evil. And so there's there's a lot to be said for David Icke's whole um, consciousness connecting to certain kinds of bloodlines because of the quantum computation system is wireless and it's a sodium solution of crystals. So that's how crystal radios work. That makes sense to me. You have radio that's bombarding it and can actually align with certain um, families, which they then become noble or royal, right? So, or at least novel. So it makes sense, but- They're basically that... trying to say that- Oh, go ahead. It go ahead. seems like a- uh overcompensation for the nonsense of darwinism where they're trying to say that the the extent the the highest evoluted class is the white skinned people basically that's obviously a paraphrase but it's almost like a overcompensation in response to that is what i see yeah when see i don't i don't really stuff. see i don't really see I and mean, i think that's missing the paradigm a lot and the people like louis farrakhan who said different actually have been silenced for saying it that 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 the that the pink caucasian neanderthal is not at the height of the capensis hierarchy and so this hierarchy might have more to do uh with the obscuring of the elite and from yeah and and the prominence funny. the prominence of the first conquered people so you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs and you look at okay first off look at south america who's at the bottom of the south american hierarchy look in latin america you have at the top white hispanic people you know, and German, you know, white people. And then underneath you have 
uh, mestizo class, which are like, you know, European mixed people. And then you have black people and then you have the indigenous native people. The native people are at the lowest point in all, and this is true in India. Who are the untouchables? The untouchables are at the very bottom of the pyramid. Who are they? They're the native people, the Aryans and the Indo-Aryans who've conquered and the Talmud, uh, the Tamil and the Uyghur, you know, we all these different groups of people, they're above because they've been brought in. Uh, they've been used to enslave. Uh, let's say they destroyed one culture with another culture. Then they take the people they've conquered and they make them conquer another culture. They put them at the front lines. Right. So, the, you know, essentially the cycle. Yeah, there's a cycle. And so the pink Caucasian people were used and bribed to do this, to take over uh, the new world, right? When they started to do this 18th century takeover. And then afterwards, they've conquered Asia and they've conquered South America and they're bringing them in Africa. And now the next group could very easily be another color because it's just about keeping the bottom pyramid vying for control with each other while there's some elite above it. I mean, it tends to be the way it works. Well, we're losing people in the chat. Hey, Mr. Hey, Mr. Anderson, I got to let you go, though, because we got more questions. Th- thank you for coming on, thank Mr. For Anderson. Some questions, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah. again, join the community. We'll have crazier ch- chats than that, you know? Yeah, I'll, I, I'll have to check out your channel. Is it in the description, Alex? Yes. And if it you look for XIRTUS Exertus, you'll find it there. All so, right, yeah. cool. Thank you. Okay, and then we got three people that's backing up the, the people who we already lost somebody. Okay, exposing mods tricks been on hold longer. Sorry about that. Just Mr. Anderson, we appreciate the call, but we, we just more people, the lines backing up. Okay, exposing mods tricks. Welcome. Oh, it's gonna take a while for his, his mic to come on. It sucks. All mics, not just his, it's just a connection with Zoom. Oh, exposing mods tricks, faster than that. Welcome to the conspiracy castle. What questions do you have for Andreas? Thanks, Alex. Hey, X Man, you you're awesome, dude. Uh this has been a fun show for sure. You know, I've uh, I've been kind of obsessed with this idea of the fish story, the age of Pisces that we've kind of been living through, or we did live through, and I, I think we're entering the age of Aquarius. What do you? What are your thoughts about the zodiac? Um, I definitely like to use the Mayan calendar, and I think this is another reason why I'm worried about the idea of time. You know, because we're talking about the calendar changing. Um, Looking at the stars, though, uh, I, I guess one of the things I just saw the last unicorn again recently, and you see the Taurus being replaced by the unicorns in the sea, which are the ethereal Aquarius coming out of Pisces. So we, we clearly have seen like the constellation of Taurus happen, and we've gone through the age of Pisces, and we're headed into something that we're calling the age of Aquarius. I wonder if you've seen the idea that there, we're missing a 13th uh, zodiac piece, which would actually put us into you know an, another another period. But my my thought is like whatever it's called there's definitely some sort of a feeling right now that history like the mayans have predicted would become irrelevant because the space-time continuum is actually holographic and so that moments and distances you know are being folded and we're noticing that with the internet people are having a singularity of communication it's a different time where you are it's a different place where you are here we are anyway together you know i think that's the beginning of whatever that kali yuga sensation is that also the vedics have talked about so you know i think yeah i think that there's something to the difference in time right now and I, you know terence mckenna talked about time wave theory i think you know you will notice the schumann resonance is expanding and is it, it's some of its highest uh, moments of speed so yeah right. i agree nice man I, I i really like that you know i think the uh the Pisces, you know, it's two fish. It's like a ring composition, you know, 
there's a we're, we're moving back towards something and i think it is this tartarian uh type technology and stuff and, and the real question is like why it got hidden you know <laughs> yeah well i think it got hidden because when it fell apart they were like we could just take it you know and this is the problem with scarcity versus uh unlimited resources if you come from a place where there's you know, you learn the value of something, you're less likely to, you know, necessarily want to steal it. But also if there's just unlimited resources, you might just be used to just taking things. And so in a collapse, they just said, we're going to take over and then they destroyed themselves. It's like Dante's Inferno. Um, but I'd also recommend for you, if you're that interested in the fish analogy, have you seen Mr. Limpet, the incredible Mr. Limpet with Don Knox? I just watched this again the other night. And it's all about a guy who turns into a fish and he's been imagining when the world ends, like what it'll be like when it starts over again and we're all fish again. Uh, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Don Knotts, you said? Yeah, Don Knotts. Yeah, he becomes oh, Mr. Wow. Limpet. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I'm of the mind that nothing is coincidence. Uh, every, everything is sort of uh, from the source. And, uh, you know, to cancel something, to cancel your order, you say 86, right? And uh, I, I kind of think we're entering uh, the eighth age of Aquarius. Uh, this place was birthed in Virgo. Uh, when mom, you know, the Virgin, Mary the Virgin, uh, put her Virgin here, you know, the edge. The edge got in here somehow and uh she filled it in from there but the whole idea with the 13th zodiac you know the the, the cycle for it all to return is twenty six thousand years and uh if there's yeah, that would make signs, us that would make us two hundred thousand years which would fit really well with contemporary understanding of the neanderthal that wouldn't be bad at all well i'm of, i'm of the idea that the earth is fourteen thousand years old uh, we, we just lived through the seventh age of Pisces and each year, each age is 2000 years because there are 13 Zodiac signs and the cycle is 26,000 years. So it'd be two. Okay, cool. That's way more in line with what I'm seeing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so not, but the whole kind of key with the whole thing is that the Zodiac is the Zodiac because it's the die is means uh, to pair things. It's, it's two things. So it's to, to pair them. And I say that Pisces Taurus from our maker, you know, and uh, you go two back for each one, I think. So Aquarius is paired with Aries. And to me, the maker is playing her aces, you know, and, and some of her aces, you know, these the people in the, the castle are getting together and the minds are getting together and it's going to change things. So it's cool to hear some cool voices. Yeah, I appreciate what you're telling me, man. Actually, again, with the please get into my Discord or my Matrix server and your community and talk to us more because this is really important stuff right here. Because once we start doing the astronomical alignment uh, metrics, then it's a lot easier to be like, well, the calendar says this, but the Jesuits got Haley's Comet in China, and we know that the world is in its eighth Pisces. That makes sense to me. So, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Hey, yeah, well, yeah, exposing yeah. boss, you, your audio is crazy. You're in Seattle. It's crazy. Yeah, dude, I'm birds. sorry. Yeah. I'm no, at it's the cool. It actually sounds cool. It sounds cool. But, but, needle, but I'll, I'll let you go. It's, wait, 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 tell me the Discord again. Yeah, look, look for Exertus uh, on my YouTube, and you can find a link in almost anything. Or go to uh, TartaryNova.com. He's got a link in this description, and you'll find it. But Exertus is the way to find the Discord. I got you, brother. All right, thanks, Alex. Thank you, Exposing Moz. Thank you, dude. Okay, and we got, uh, let's see, hold on, don't report. We have, now we got Mike R. Admit Mike R. Hold on, let's see. Before Mike I forget, R. I should also say that the Romans were, uh, while well, he's loading that channel, the Romans were 
picking up all of these different people and never invented a, a new number system to run their empire. So there you go. How much did the Romans exist and what really are they other than just conquered people? But yeah. Yeah. No, I have no idea. It looks like it looks like Mike R has been on hold for a while. Uh, let's see. Something's weird with this. It's popping up. With... It's popping up. I see him connecting audio. Let's see. You know, it always say there's always some sort of you know the the conspiracy castle. Uh, people coming on their audio is always different. There's a lot of people complain this and that. What up? What up? Hey, buddy. What's up? How's it oh, going? Oh, you're right. You're right. okay. I didn't realize that was you, Mark. Why does it say? Why does it say? Uh, does it say Mike? Uh, yeah, we're yeah, all it like, says what? Mike. I was like, is this a is this the Mandala effect? You know? No, it's because when I was hanging out at Mike when I was hanging out at Mike Romanelli's uh club, I I let him use my Zoom Pro, so Oh uh, yeah, cool. I gotta change How's it. How's it going, Marky boy? What's Marky up? Mark. I'm I'm psyched. I think you have uh dropped so many truth bombs in this one episode, Andreas. It's really This felt nice. like a big tall cup of coffee i'll admit we went a lot of places real well, fast this was i crazy. was excited to make it happen because i knew alex brings the heat with the questions and he never lets his guests you know feel too comfortable so i hope you uh were on I the felt, edge of your seat i felt i felt i felt comfortable but definitely I'm, I'm my back is straight and i'm like oh yeah 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 well, this is great well i I, I don't try to take it into i feel like uh mr anderson took into like critical race theory but the white version you know some people always want to take it in some weird direction you know like the funny to. thing is I'm like I'm like the 1619 project, right? Like it's like I'm pretty down. Oh, we just lost him. This is bad. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm I'm saying all kinds of things that are like pretty much about how we all existed and worked together and had this harmonious empire that was destroyed by the shattering of the Tower of Babel. So for the most part, I'm like pretty much into everybody. Uh, ex- you know, you look at like that game, um, uh, Red Dead. You didn't Red- lose me. You know, Red Dead Re- Red Dead Redemption Two, and then go to the uh, Orleans place, like the they have like a New Orleans city. I think it's called Denise, uh, Saint Denise, right? Saint Denise, like Denisovan. Like in that video game, Red Dead Redemption, you have everyone of every color and creed working together and like having their own civilizations. It was awesome. Well, let's talk about New Orleans. New Orleans is people don't realize that was the capital of America before New York. Oh, we just lost Marcus' internet, but uh, you're on mute. But explain what do you, what do you think about the history behind New Orleans? I love New Orleans. I think I think Louisiana is based. I love Louisiana. I graduated. I graduated from LSU, so I'm. A, <laughs> oh, I'm, that's I epic. Love yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, so I mean, school. so I mean, I spent some time on a gator farm, you know, about Shreveport, just outside, and I love I love Louisiana. But I'll tell you, there's there's very few places like Nova France, and what the idea was was not a racist place. It was a cultural place, and you had. Uh, black um, uh, governors and you had a Napoleonic law that was, you know, less discriminant up until, I mean, it really made the 1800s more complicated when Euro uh, Anglo centric uh, British law started to be introduced because people started wearing powder. People started wearing white wigs, but you look into people like Maurice Chavier and all of these, you know, like, there's a really great painting I have a video about where you have this, um, you know, is a, is a French black composer from the 1800s, uh, 17, 1800s. And he's fencing um, with this other guy from France, but it was a Mason as well. But both of them are, you know, into Moorish sciences, which the Masons refer to, by the way, everything they do is Moorish sciences. So there you go. But there, there's a guy, the picture is actually of a, a guy in white powder and a white face. And he's fighting a dude who's a transvestite. So it looks like a white guy is fighting a woman. 
But you got to know that's really Maurice Chevier. So that's what France was like. And that's what no, no France was like. So in general, like, you know, they sold out when, uh, char- when this, I have a video called uh, 1666, which is all about how psychedelic 1660s was the swing in 60s of the 1600s. And wow. France was and that was cool. it. it- Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Wait, wait. The well, 1660s, yeah. the swinging 60s. Yeah. How do you you do this research? You're insane. This is so badass. <laughs> the swinging 60s. That's so cool. Yeah. The oh, that tickles me to death. Yeah. Well, there the was a, it was death. so it was so lit. There was a fire and it burned down London. You know, <laughs> like it was the craziest time. But like you know, it's, you know, Lord uh, um, uh, John Wilmot, the Lord of Rochester II, who's like the dirtiest poet ever, and wrote the Seder and made a uh, a play with dildos and buggers for his king Charles II, who had just come back. Like the whole the whole 1600s were crazy. You know, that was the time when England was starting to introduce its culture more to say that we really need to be. You know, we're this own isolated empire. We need to push out these other outside ideas. And you have you know Moorish. Uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, we all know now is fine. I mean, this used, again, all this stuff sounded crazier when I used to say it. Now, pretty much 1619 Project has opened up the world for people to see it. But there were there were more, you know, and the, the, the cherry flag. I think a lot of people get upset about this, but there's a picture of George Washington where he's chopping down a, 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 a Moorish flag. And the flag of the Moors is a green pentagram on a red flag, and it's on the ground by his feet. So that's George Washington chopping down his father's cherry tree, right? And so you start to look into the Oxymaroon blacks like Jose Francia, who run Paraguay. Racism is like an imposed problem that wasn't there at that point. That's what I, that's my personal belief. Wow. Well, we've been at two hours and three minutes, so we're gonna wrap this. Dang, up. We, did then, we lose? Did we lose Mark's question? I was. I guess it yeah, was. Yeah, like well, I don't know if Mark wants to come back on. Uh, we don't have anybody show. in line for questions. No, no. I love this show. I'm saying, will you come back on? Will you come back on in like two weeks or three weeks? Yeah, yeah. We can more. make it, we can make it work. I'm pretty sure this is uh, yeah. real awesome. I love this show. Yeah, and I'll even pump it up more because, like I said, I'll you know we'll uh. We can, you got we can be epic a little... energy, so it's been it's awesome to be able to jump all over the place. It's a good kind of interview. It's a good kind of talk. It's a great podcast. I love what you're doing. Wow, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. And, dude, your recall is unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, it's really insane. And the knowledge yes. that you have for – No, and I'm being serious. I talk to all these you know, people that think they know their psychobabble. Dude, you know it. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Like a lot of people sound like they're idiots. You are very well-spoken. You're at the top when it comes to really explaining this stuff. But at the same time, you can't understand this in 30 minutes. You can't understand 9-11 in a two-hour podcast. You can't understand Tartaria in two hours. No chance. You know what I mean? You're not going to get like this. That's why I haven't been fully canceled yet because it's so heady, it's confusing or something. But like, yeah, you look at my channel and there's like hundreds of hours of hundreds of videos. Of, you know, there's thousands of hours of hundreds of videos. So go on there and check out whatever, you know, whatever you're interested in. Because we talk about Latter-day Saints in Deseret and their crazy mission, the island of California, the Russian wars with the Americans, the reset, the plague in 1905 in San Francisco the electrical systems in Louisiana, the Caracas earthquake, 1812, everything that happened. And yeah, we go, we go all over the place in terms of modern culture too. And what's happened in the last hundred years, you know, why not? Well, I mean, it's just really important to know that they're lying to us about so much stuff. So to think that our history is correct. And we always say that cliche, his story is written by his story, but that's true. And that's uh, why we do, that's why we do exist. I was thinking about it earlier today and history isn't written by the winners. History is, is canceled. 
by the winners. What what's really written by history is written by um, the journalists who are trying to piece together what's going on while it's happening. So every lie and fake news has a truth behind it. And like get in our channel and we'll talk about how you can actually look through an article and how you can find out based on other articles from the same time what's really happening. That's what we do. Yeah, I'm put, I just put the link to your channel, not just down in the description, but it's in the chat. So, guys, in the chat right now, that's a link to Andreas's all those thousands of hours of gravy. And like I just said, let me reiterate, you're not going to understand this thing overnight because it is complicated subjects. But I have hope when you have a guy like you, Andreas, that's also passionate because that's what it comes down to a lot of times when we're watching people, when we're listening. You can tell when somebody's passionate about a subject. So I can tell your passion, which makes it the information more palatable because this stuff is kind of not boring. It's very interesting, but you know what I mean? It's confusing a lot of big words. It's kind of like we're at history's class, but what totally. cooler. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Way cooler. Class, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But so it can, and you know, I'm ADD, but I can still, I, sometimes I still get lost. Louise. I'm like, did he just say Bucharest, Caradas, Caradas? You say a lot of words or something. I'm like, holy shit. The Tartarian, Tartar Dude, sauce. That's said, what I'm oh, all about. Oh, last question. Wait, wait, last question. Tartar sauce. What the fuck? Exactly. Tarnation, tartar sauce, everything you've ever heard, like they're making fun of the tartars for. It's like, why are there? Okay, here's a good one. Detroit. Okay, so Detroit was the first, you know, before Black Sambo, before Uncle Ben and uh, Butterworth, uh, the, 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 the syrup. Pancakes. Bef yeah. Yeah. Before they canceled uh, Black Sambo and, um, you know, the, the Redskins, right? Before they canceled the Redskins, the first thing they canceled. Well, let me say one thing about the Redskins. You know, they can't play, the NFL won't play highlights of Doug Williams, the first African American no, quarterback really? to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, because he has a he has a thing on his helmet, so they don't play no. the clips. Yes, so they, they don't just... play the. Why don't they just they, censor they, they, it like they did in Das Boot? Like, what is going on? That's what I'm saying. They can, they can fuzz it out, but they don't yeah, play that. They that's don't play messed that team. up. Because they're called well, the Pigskins, the Redskins. You can't do the commentary without the, like the, the NFL films. You know, it's like the team every year they do the main one, the team that won the Super Bowl. They don't reap, they don't play the Redskins anymore. That, that. Well, there you go. It's like in, in Russia when they used to say, tear out page two, now tear out page three, now tear out page four. And then you have an empty book. Like, that's not what you want. It's worse than burning them. Well, okay. So then here's the deal. In Detroit. If you look into the the greatest music in the middle of the country at the time when it wasn't uh, Woodstock and it wasn't San Francisco, it was Tartar Field. And Tartar Field was like MC5 played and all these cool bands. And it's part of Wayne State University, which they had the Tartars. And the Tartars, they had all these you know uniforms and all these pictures. It was the first Redskins thing to get canceled. And they finally, now they call them the Warriors. The Tartars at, were the first original Redskins. Wait, why? The first cancel. The first cancel. There's, there's nobody culture. that would, there's no Tartar that'd be like racism. So you tell yeah. me the Tartars. So there's a team, Wayne State Tartars, huh? Yeah. And then they became the Warriors. And it's literally like because. Yeah, like you just said, to cancel culture that nobody cares about. Nobody's like, oh, man, they're making fun of us because we're the Tartars. I mean, it, they're, Mon they're a little Mongolian doll. I, I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, basically the Tartars were the first cancel culture. So, and you can tell, but, like, I mean, it goes deeper than that is my point. Wow. Well, we went deep tonight, dude. I'm going to have you on again, man. It's such a pleasure to have you We're on. We're going to have to eat some steak tartare. We'll have to eat some steak tartare sometime, you know? Well, I, you're going to die. I stopped eating meat, but I'm 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 a vegetarian, not a vegan. Everybody gets Congratulations. Mad cheese. For you. I know. I'm a bitch ass. I'm still kind of fat, but I, but my digestion, I was getting, I was on that keto. I was getting a lot of clogged up, but I then when I went all plant-based, I'm a soy boy though now. Now I have bitch tits. I'm a soy boy. Everyone you're a soybearian? 
Well, maybe I'm a soy man. I mean, whatever. I'm not perfect, guys. I never claim to be. And I'm not a role model. To the people in the chat, I'm not a role model. Andreas is a little bit of a role model. Oh, be careful with that. Well, you know what I mean? We need to all travel the world and have your retention. But guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I mean, that that's it. That's it. You know, we crush it. I'm going to play a little music. We go out. Thank you so much, Andreas. I just want to say you are a great guest. I'm giving you. I love all y'all. Thank you guys very much for watching, participating in the chat. Y'all are the real MVPs. I'm telling y'all, guys. And you, Andreas. You're a beast. Thank you. Peace. Right back. Now it's one of your holes ready to tie. When a nigga from the deep town, I put it down like straight in the 